D.C. Uh, hey, Zach, just punch up Fox and, and and bring it up here on, on the air real quick for us. This is what's going on in, in D.C. Here you go. Listen in. Several members of the Judiciary Committee outlined in pretty PowerPoints on the screen. Here's this, here's this, there's And then we look at him and say, but I disagree with your conclusion. Mm-hmm. I say, so you have, to, like, you have to take the whole transcript. And this is what I'm talking about here. When you look at it here, he's looking backwards. The Mueller report had just been done. I, I'm, but Ms. I'm Fiona re- Hill. I'm going to reclaim my time and look. Okay, because Fiona at Hill is interesting. And I would because like, he brought up Fiona Hill. And I just wanted to say this one thing. Ukrainians, not Ukraine, but Ukrainians, even Fiona Hill said the Ukrainians bet on the wrong horse. And after being reminded by Ken Vogel, that the various Ukrainian officials, uh, Leshenko, I can't pronounce the powerful Ukrainian parliament, Leshenko was spinning tales and providing false information to Nelly Orr, information that we all know was made its way into steel dossier. This was aligning themselves with Clinton. Mr. So Collins, it was backwards. Mr. Look, Collins, that's all I'm you, 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 were you there when Ms. Hill testified? Not for Ms. Hill's testimony. All no. right, but you have all uh, seen... I'm, I'm happy to read the transcript just like you All are. I can tell you is uh, she dropped a dime on um, uh, President Trump's actions in uh, Ukraine. But not enough to find it in the Articles of Impeachment. Well, perhaps alone, uh, standing and that's alone. Where, and abuse of power is, again, we've disagreed on this. And this is where we can honestly just disagree. I disagree that abuse of power is a categorical right. catch-off. This. I'm going to reclaim my time because you're going to filibuster. Thank and you. I'm going <laughs> to reclaim my time from you All right, as so well. that's the way it's going in Washington, D.C. right now. <laughs> Clear as mud. Party lines. Well, yeah, that's what it is right now. It's just a that's party all line. It is. It's politics. Nothing but politics. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's so funny that oh, we're just going to uh, accept that uh, this woman, she was the Ukraine ambassador, that Giuliani got fired because mm. she told President Trump what was going on. And uh, he got rid of her. So you don't think that she didn't have an axe to grind when she came in to testify? I mean, might, come might on. There's been some conflict of interest. Oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if you're following this at all, if you're listening to what's going Sour on. Grapes. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It really, it, it's ridiculous. Everybody you talk to feels the same way. Everybody's already sick of it by now. Well, I'm sick of it. I mean, seriously, I'm sick of it. Go get Get it done instead of putting on this. The cir- they keep saying they don't want to look like a circus. It's a circus. This is a play for a public for public opinion and for, and for polls is all it is. They're trying to sway public opinion and they're trying to uh, uh, trying to sway the voters at, at the voting booth. So that's that's the only. They're not even they're trying playing. to do that anymore, R.D. I'm just telling you, they're not even trying to do that. They're just trying. To make the president look bad. For instance, here's a cut that I got for you from Lofgren uh, on CNN talking about why it's worth impeaching Trump despite about a 99% percentage that there's going to be an acquittal in the Senate, right? Right, exactly. So, so why, why, why would do they it? do that? One, two, three, four, five, six. Cut six, I think that would be. I guess my question to you is what makes this process worth it if the outcome is what it appears to be, that he will be acquitted uh, in the Senate? How will you tell your constituents, how will you tell people the next time around that this process was worth it? Well, we have our job to do here in the House. 
which is to evaluate the evidence and to decide whether the president has committed high crimes and misdemeanors. He has, in my opinion. Now, the vote to impeach will be uh, a stain on his record forever. He's only, uh, he will only be the third president in history to have that record. I hope that the Senate will take their obligation seriously, sort through the evidence, and reach a verdict instead of just uh, doing a political uh, dance with the president. Okay, so what did she say? They want to stain his record. That's all they care about. That's all it's a. That's all it's about. That is it. <laughs> and how many millions of dollars are they spending to, to stain, stain his record? All right, it's just tax dollars or borrowed dollars. Yeah, it's not their money. <laughs> all right, not their money. Same thing with Russia. Not their money. I was having this discussion not more than twenty minutes before I came on the air with somebody about why the Democrats do what they're doing. It's not because they care for the voter. It's not because they love their country. It's because they want to stain this president. It's all about the next election. That's they're all it's about. It. They're going to lose about. the next election, just like the Republicans lost uh, when Clinton was impeached and then was reelected. I talked to a business owner from Hammond, Indiana, this morning at six o'clock. My home, my hometown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> North Lake Auto Salvage, Hammond, Indiana. Okay, he's got a big place, man. Yeah, North Lake. It's a big place. Yeah, yeah very professional place. Uh, but uh, my friend Marty, he's the owner there, and a self-made man from the ground up. But uh, Marty says he, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump are the two of the politicians that he likes the least. <laughs> but he did say that. The Democrats look so insincere about all of this, and so and it's so uh, made up that they started before you know Trump was even sworn in as president. That's correct. He said anybody can see this is all about politics, and they are giving Donald Trump the next election, is what he said this morning. And it's Trump's election to lose. They said after all the stupid stunts that they're pulling that he's going to have to pull one stupider than them to lose it. Yeah, much bigger. Much bigger, too. Because, right, exactly. I mean... And that's somebody that hates Trump. Look, right, right now, the Dow uh, is up today. I've, I can't see the numbers right now, but it's up. And the future for tomorrow is up by 58 points. Mm. And if you look historically, when an election comes up, and you got the Democrats saying, oh, if the Republicans win the country goes to the dogs and kills the economy. And then you've got the other side saying, if the other side wins, everything goes to the dogs. So there's usually so much negative going on on both sides. Nobody's spending money, and the Dow is is unstable at best because both sides this time are peaching doom and gloom. Well, I think insecurity it, 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 is the On both sides, is, uncertainty is, 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 is Well, that's always place. the way it is in an election year. Right, exactly. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that, that kills that's what I'm saying. economic development, though, is that when I don't know what's going on, I, I'm I'm afraid to to invest. Well, let me tell you what. Jim Cramer is a Democrat. All right, I'm sure you guys watched him on Squawk Box before, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You ever seen him? I think I maybe seen. Okay, him. let me let me give you what he thinks about Elizabeth Warren. Cut <laughs> number fourteen. Cut number fourteen. Here's Jim Cramer talking about Elizabeth Warren. Okay, can we can we get it so we can play it back? Okay, so we don't have that one right now. All right, so just to let you know, Kramer 
just to give you a, a, there is no opportunity. There is no opportunity if Elizabeth Warren wins in 2020. <laughs> and I'm, wow. I'm going I'm to play wow. this. When the Democrats start looking at their own people and say, you're not going to have any opportunity if this woman is, because she'll destroy, she'll dro- she's going to destroy America. I'm just telling you, she's going to try. It's hard to do one, just one, if you just got control one branch, it's hard to do. But still, she's going to try. Well, we had somebody that tried two terms really hard. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. And he did a pretty good job. Obama I, did really well at the very beginning of his first term because he had the House and the Senate. That's how they got the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, that's how we still got the Affordable yeah, Care Act. it's still stuck. Since you, since you bring it up, you know. <laughs> They told us, the Republicans told us, everybody told us, if you take out the mandate to buy insurance, the Affordable Care Act implodes. You heard you heard them all say it. They all said it implodes without that. So my problem is, is we've taken out the mandate and our people in Washington that are in power right now has put in life support systems to make sure that it doesn't implode. And one thing that they've done is they've raided commercial group plans, which I've found out are regulated, the prices regulated in Washington, have all gone up 25% this year, 20 to 25%. And I think part of that is just like, you know, several years ago when, when the Medicaid expansion or whatever you want to call it here in Arkansas was going on, the the that y'all were talking about i remember that was before i was on the radio with y'all that um you get these people hooked on the free or subsidized medical care was the question i never would answer wasn't it paul yeah, well the, how do you if, how do you stop it how do you how take do, it back you, after you've started it how do you pull, pull the little pig off the teeth how do you do it <laughs> you can't they, they scream and holler but they all said they did. Did the, all the representative senators not come in, Dave, and say, "Listen, we'll take the money until we have to pay our part, and then whenever all the free money runs out, then then we'll stop it." Isn't that what they told us that, that we'll stop it after all the money runs Basically, out? Basically, they never said that on the air. Right. Exactly. Well, okay. Well, they, they told I think us that they would off, off the air. I think they would right. point out that well, if if all these stipulations aren't met, then the program goes away. Oh, really? So the program goes away, and, I mean, you're just going to let these people lose their health care after they become addicted to it? It's health insurance, not health care. Ah. Right, health insurance. Ah. That's, that's yeah, right. They, they play that, the health, they the play health that ins- stupid game Right, the health insurance you. side gets to subsidize some of your your um, your campaign donors. Cronies. Cronies, Yeah, your campaign definitely. donors. So all the cronies in Washington and Arkansas, don't worry, you're safe. Your buddies <laughs> are going to make sure this plan never stops. Because they're going to raise our insurance and make sure that they can afford to keep it going. All right. So here's Jim Cramer on Elizabeth Warren. Speaking of this year, over on Real Money, you wrote about one wild card in 2020, and her name is Elizabeth Warren. Right. Jim, let's take a look at that, because she has gone after every sector and industry, and it's not quite known which one she'll go after next. So if she grabs the bull by the horns, what should investors do? Where can they find opportunity? Well... No, um, cash, if she, I mean, my, the theme, theme of my real money piece is that the insurance risk it, it, it is what you need to worry about, that there is no opportunity with Elizabeth Warren other than cash. 
um, cash for those of us. Now, I'm not saying, let me just explain to people. This is not me endorsing her or slamming her. Uh, I have always favored paying my fair share of taxes. Uh, When I studied, she taught at Harvard Law, the the rap on Harvard Law and corporate tax was that it was unfair that there were two levels of tax. You taxed at the corporate level and you taxed at the dividend level. Uh, I know she is well aware of what they teach at Harvard. She is saying that there should be a third tax. Um, I think that the uh, broader tax that she should have been going toward is a consumption tax. That's how you really attack uh, uh, rich people, too. Um, But she is uh, a very serious person when it comes to trying to figure out uh, ways to redistribute income. And the way to redistribute income is to take wealthy people's capital. And the way to do that, what that would... do is it would force wealthy people to liquidate. And if it were stocks that they own, they'd have to liquidate them. So you would have more classically more sellers than buyers. Um, And uh, it's not like a Lenin-Kulak situation where you had to kill the Kulaks. It's not like that. But I think we should understand that that she's really upset with uh, corporate America where the CEOs make far more and the hedge fund managers make far more than the worker. And she's trying to address that imbalance. And it's a perfectly legitimate thing to do. I think there's a lot of people who feel that's right, no. which is why I think that to Jim, you uh, know decide better. that she isn't a candidate, uh, that she's a candidate that is uh, unimportant is a mistake. There. See, now, there is no opportunity except cash. That's what he said. He's saying you, Atlas, you, you, he's going to have to shrug and that's put right. all his money don't in, wanna, in his account. Don't, don't want to put your money in stocks or bonds or anything Business. if she gets in there because she's going to destroy it all. <laughs> now, she did, he, he held up short to say, well, she won't be like Lennon and start killing people, but... Well, that's what happens if you don't comply. That's, that's what government does when you don't comply. I mean, if they, they destroy you financially, there's some people probably feel like, well, just go ahead and put a gun to my head. Well, hey, sometimes I feel like they're getting close. When I look at the taxes that I pay, and then I look at the insurance that I pay that is determined on what they can charge me by the federal and state government authorizes my insurance company to charge me what they charge me, then sometimes when it goes up 22% in one year and 25% in one year, I'm like, how how do you... Raise something that costs you a hundred thousand dollars. How do you raise it twenty five percent and then stay in business and provide service for employees? I talked to a, a local uh, lumber company that spends a million dollars a year on health care, and, uh, and 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 another business that spends a hundred thousand, and both of theirs went up twenty five percent. So, well, the if, one that's worth a million or something, you can get to a certain size. And that not that twenty five percent raise not affect you like it does for somebody who only has a hundred thousand dollars. Right, exactly. They can put them out of business. Right, the little people. Right, the, that's where all your family businesses right, are. They little, can't afford the government that we have right now. Right. Well, yeah, that's, your guys, your guys' back is breaking yeah, as it is. That's the thing is that it's it's easier to absorb the big chunks when they're um, when you're already a major business. But the in many or, cases, or you might. Hire a law firm 
that will pass a bill to help you that or might happen. have discretionary funds to help you out. Mm-hmm. But us little guys, we can't afford those lawyers. That's that's one of the that's the the beastly <laughs> problem with giving government power is that they they mean to control. They have no business. The government has no business in the marketplace. Warren has no business going after going after businesses try to redistribute redistribute wealth. These people are started out just like everybody else did most of them and they built a business and they employ people and they made themselves successful through capitalism, and they pay for education, they they pay taxes, and they provide jobs. And, so and we I, don't want them providing jobs anymore. And that's that's the, this notion of the well, government's going to provide the jobs. Is the, that what the, it's going to be, Paul? Well, the notion of well, this guy's too rich. We got well, they made it money. possible for you to make your money, didn't they, to oh. build your business? Oh, oh yeah. is that right? The is only that reason <laughs> that someone's successful, I have to call Marty up there at North Lake and Hammond and say, hey, the only reason you've been successful is because the government helped you or allowed built you that. to be. Yeah. They built it. They built That's it. what Obama just, said. Just think of how successful you'd be without the government. Well, you know, <laughs> if people talk long enough, long enough, a moment of truth comes out where people say what they really think, <laughs> like, you know, we don't have a spending problem. Or, you know, the only reason anybody's successful is because the government allows them to be successful, which is Barack Obama. And that's so that's, uh, but the, that's, that, that notion is widely believed. It's, so many people put so much faith in the government and so very little faith in the, the notion of liberty and justice. They, they prefer that government control their lives. All right. We got to get a break. All right. Let's do the break. Robbie, we'll talk to you when we come back. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. And also remember, whenever you want to call into the Dave Ellswick Show, when you first come on, I want to know your pronouns. Okay? I want to know your pronouns. Mine are Colombian coffee. Well, you know, I I think you made me... I think my pronoun now needs to be Your Majesty. Your Majesty. <laughs> All right. I like that. R.D., what's your pronoun? I don't know. It it changes day by day. I'm like Fred G. Sanford. The G stands for something different every day. All right. Hey, Robbie's from Maumelle. He wants to talk to us. Hey, Robbie, how are you? What's your pronouns, brother? Be thine and thou. Okay, there you go. You're still holding on to that. Okay, go ahead. we got All about right. a minute. Okay. Uh, if you were to take all the wealth of every billionaire in the country, it would be a little under $2 trillion. But let's just round it up to $2 trillion. If you were to divide that evenly amongst 330 million Americans, write them all a check, everyone would get a check for $5,714. That won't get you by for a year. Where are you going to go after that? They know that. Who they're really after are people like us, the middle class, uh, the bourgeois, the people who own small businesses, that's who they're really coming after because they know that they, they just try to get everybody upset by saying billionaires and thinking that uh, if they can go after them, it's going to make everybody's life better. But $5,714 per, per citizen, not going to cut it. I think that's why Bloomberg is running because he is scared that Elizabeth Warren is going to get in there. <laughs> he would rather spend, he'd rather spend $200 million and save himself several billion. Yeah, and so lose a $54 billion. All right, we got uh, you, Robbie. It's good. Good, good I'm call. just telling you, <laughs> Jim Cramer, I loved how he says, I'm not saying whether you know she's a good candidate or bad candidate. Yes, he did. He, he told you exactly what it was. Okay, we got to get the news when we come back. We'll pick it up. 
I want you to hear from Mitch McConnell when we come back. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. So Mitch McConnell was talked with today, and they were asking him about uh, impeachment. So uh, let's hear what he had to say. Cut three. The Senate volunteers ourselves to do House Democrats' homework for them. We will only incentivize an endless stream of dubious partisan impeachments in the future. And we will invite future houses to paralyze future Senates with frivolous impeachments at will. This misunderstanding about constitutional roles brings me back to something I raised earlier. The Democratic leader's letter to me, by the way, by way of the press, literally misquoted the Constitution. Senator Schumer wrote that we should exercise, quote, the Senate's sole power of impeachment under the Constitution with integrity and dignity. He attributed to the Senate, quote, the sole power of impeachment. Well, there's his problem, Mr. President. That's the role the Constitution gives actually to the House, not to the Senate. They give it to the House. Article 1, Section 2 says the House of Representatives shall have the sole power of impeachment. Doesn't sound ambiguous to me. If my colleague wants to read about our responsibilities here in the Senate, he needs to turn to the next page. Article 1, Section 3 says the Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. We don't create impeachments over here, Mr. President. We judge them. The House chose this road. It's their duty to investigate. It's their duty to meet the very high bar for undoing a national election. As Speaker Pelosi herself once said, it is the House's obligation to, quote, build an ironclad case to act. That's Speaker Pelosi. It's the House's obligation to build an ironclad case to act, end quote. If they fail, they fail. It's not the Senate's job to leap into the breach and search desperately for ways to get the guilty. That would hardly be impartial justice. The fact that my colleague is already desperate to sign up the Senate for new fact-finding, which House Democrats themselves were too impatient to see through, well, that suggests something to me. It suggests that even Democrats who do not like this president are beginning to realize how dramatically insufficient the House's rush process has been. (coughs) Well, look, I, I hope the House of Representatives sees that, too. If House Democrats' case is this deficient, this thin, the answer is not for the judge and jury to cure it over here in the Senate. The answer is the House should not impeach on this basis in the first place. But if the House plows ahead, if this ends up here in the Senate, we certainly do not need jurors to start brainstorming witnesses, witness lists for the prosecution and demanding to lock them in before we've even heard opening arguments. I still believe the Senate should try to follow the 1999 model to resolution. All right, there you go. Mitch McConnell giving you a little bit of 
of teaching about the Constitution. As he said, it's not the Senate's responsibility to impeach the president. That's the House's responsibility. I think people get confused about what what impeachment it's actually called, it's is. It's called separation of powers. It is. It is a separation of powers. It's a sort of a, um, um, what is the word I'm trying to look It's for? a safeguard. You know, it, it's, yeah, it is a separation of powers. Good thing we've got it. And yeah. So, well, and, and it, it's a, so the, we, we've got a system set up where we have, the um, kind of the people's house, which is the House of Representatives, uh, in the fed on the federal level, and that is basically a, a popular vote type setup where the the um, the congressmen represent the population of the country. Pretty pretty. And originally, the Senate was elected oh, by the state legislatures. Right, right, right. But the Senate the Senate still has some of that same effect in that. A small population state still has just as much power in the Senate as a large population state. Yeah. So if you've only got a half a million people, like some, I think, is, is it Wyoming or or, or uh, Montana only have about a half a million people, or is that North Dakota? Well, if you compare, to, be, to be honest, just a little history sure. for Wyoming, mm-hmm. has under 300,000 people. Oh, wow. They're really wow. still a territory. <laughs> They're not even big enough to be a state. <laughs> well, they wouldn't have any say at all. If you look at the if population the of s- Arkansas and you look at the population for New, New York, York and California, right. if it wasn't for, for the, the electoral Senate. college, you know, we wouldn't have a voice well, at there's, all. There's, we wouldn't have much voice in the presidency. But in the legislative process, um, the, the fact that each each state has two senators gives these little states or these low population states a little bit more power to keep – the federal sure. government from running roughshod over everybody else. I wish the state-level legislative process had something like that. All right. I must yeah. correct myself. When I said 300,000, I was I was quoting figures from the 2000s, mm. like 2006. They now have 577,000. Okay, so just about a half wow. a million. They just... They get just over a half a million. <laughs> we have three million people well, in Arkansas. Arkansas and we're, t- and we're tiny. Yeah, that's Ar- right. Arkansas has got a lot of um, a lot of land that's just not used hardly, and they're not, that's not being occupied. Like and that's I I, I like do it. like that. I, I when I moved out to where I, I'm living right now, when my family moved out there about 20 years ago. We were on a dirt road. There wasn't even much gravel on the road in some cases, and now it's people are. People are moving in, kind of subdiv- subdivisions are moving in. I, I kind of like not having neighbors so close and, and packed in. Yeah, me and you both, but, even though I don't live that way right now, but the state of Arkansas per capita has more miles of road per person in than the state of California has. So Arkansas, we have enough roads, people. We do. We just... Uh, we just need a stimulus package to to make more jobs. Is what mm. we're after. Well, or maybe we got to fund some some cronies. Got to give. Yeah, yeah. Well, because that's you know, what a stimulus package does. <laughs> it rewards your contributors. Well, and, and you're kind of referring now to the governor's. We can call it the ACE tax. Yeah. The governor's tax. Um, the, the t- basically taking a tax that would have sunsetted. Was it in 2020 or 2021? Jonathan. It would have been this next year, twenty. You know, I found out 20. that Jonathan Barnett was the one that that that, uh, that passed the legislation to pass the half cent tax originally. Yeah, Jonathan he did Barnett that. Passed that. He did that, and he also was the one that wanted to finance the roads by taking taxes off of items that 
are related to cars and repairing cars and things of that nature and putting it towards the roads and would have made it except the BB, you know, made sure it, it didn't passed pass. the House and the Senate. That's right. When we had a, a Democrat governor and a Republican House and Senate, we passed a bill that would not raise taxes and would take designated money for automotive use and put it in a separate fund to take care of the roads. So that was a real good idea when we had a Democrat Still governor. a good idea. Julie right. Newt Mayberry brought it up in uh, the last general session. You were there when that came up, and we, yes. we all talked about it. It's an excellent idea. And I happened to get a chance to talk to Jonathan Barnett at the Republican uh, committee meeting that was weekend before last, and he is not too happy about promising no. the state of Arkansas that if you will pass this, then we will it sunset will sunset it, it. Mm-hmm. and then and then you can if you want to do something else then you can decide at that point but he's not too happy about selling it as being sunsetted and then have somebody else come along and say we're not passing a new tax yeah, this is, we're this just is, continuing the one that we've already yeah, got it's not which a, is it's not a tax increase. which is not entirely truthful well you know if, if the tax was going to sunset it's sure raise a tax increase for the year after that. Yeah, it's done. So I mean, but if you want to talk to somebody what they think about this this new bill, I hate to put him on the spot, but ask Jonathan Barnett what he well, thinks. You know, about if you were if you were and he's if, the one that passed it. You know, if you bought a house, let's say you're making mortgage payments, and your your mortgage was going to end. Yeah, that's in, a good in point. two thousand and in two thousand twenty, and the bank come along and said. We're we're not increasing the price. We're not we're not raising Changing your anything. We're just continuing our. And you'd like no, you can't do that. <laughs> You're stealing from me. It's not a new payment. We're just going to continue the yeah. old payment that you've already paid that you voted for. Yeah, you voted for, of course. But anyway, right. And so so this is this is a mess, and it's it's one of those things that I think it's very consistent with the um, with the idea of the governor's statement what a couple of years ago. When he, I think it was him that said that that um, we don't have a spending problem; we have a revenue problem. I know for a fact it was him. That's and, what I was referring and, to. And earlier. so, and so the, the the thing is that you know we really do have a spending problem, and, and we need Republicans and Democrats too. I think the Democrats are kind of hopeless on that point, but we need Republicans at the very least to recognize that yes, indeed, we do have a spending problem, and we need to cut it off. And I do agree with Tim Griffin. Tim Griffin did say that he would not support a new tax until you could verify that you were spending the taxes that you have responsibly. And, and, that's, and, and I don't think you can verify no, that. No, you can't. Right I, I don't think so. Right now we, we see now wait. foolish me, wasting. Now wait, wait. Now wait. <laughs> what you consider foolish and ah. wasteful, they <laughs> might not consider <laughs> foolish and wasteful. Uh, Maybe a, a matter of opinion. That, may, that's may, what I'm, that sounds so. like an opinion right. question. Oh, yeah, because okay. It depends on what your jobs. definition of wasteful is that's or right maybe yeah. what your definition of is well, because is, is, is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right because the, the the fact is that you know all these government contractors they need jobs they need to be able to pay for their trips to hawaii and they need also need to be able to afford the campaign donations that they're going to give some, to some of these overweight politicians or maybe just um overfed politicians all right yeah we got to get another break in before we go to it i want to play something for you even Maxine Waters, which is the most broken clock that I know of, 
will chime correct time twice a day. Well, listen, to, listen, listen to what she says. Cut 21. Because I believe, even though I don't have the facts to prove it, I believe that Putin wanted to lift the sanctions. He's always wanted to lift these sanctions that were placed on him because of his um, interfering with and uh, incursion into Crimea. And so I believe that they wanted to elect President Trump. And Trump, I believe, agreed, I will always believe this, that he agreed that if he got elected, he would lift those sanctions. Okay, now, I want you to listen to the very beginning of that one more time. Listen to this one more. This is a true Democrat speaking. Because I believe, even though I don't have the facts to prove it, I believe (laughs) that Putin wanted to lift the sanctions. All right, that's all we got to play. Is that not unbelievable? I, I believe, even though I don't have the facts to prove it. But I feel. So we I, want I to talk you. about what you feel. That's what a lefty the always says. She has faith. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has Unbelievable. faith. Unbelievable. All right, let's take our break. We can talk about that a little bit when we come back. <laughs> I'll play it one more time. It's too good not to play it. It's a Dave Ellswick show. I turned on my mic. You turned it off. I turned it on. You turned it off. <laughs> then you turned it back on again. There you go. Okay, well, we got it back on. I'm speaking again. You want to hear Maxine admit again that I have feelings, but I don't have facts. I ain't got no facts. I don't have any facts. That's what she says. <laughs> Cut 21. Here he goes. One more time. Because I believe, even though I don't have the facts, All to right, prove Just it, stop it right I there. As soon as I get that instant playback that, that I've asked to have, because I've been waiting for it so long, when it gets here, that's going on button number two. <laughs> I believe, but I don't have any facts. That, that's a Democrat mantra. Mm. I believe, I but like I have it. no facts. Facts. That's right. I, I feel, feel like it. I feel. I feel. Yeah. I you I, look. I've said it on the air many, 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 many times. Mm. Don't talk facts to a leftist. They don't care about the facts. So maybe. Zach, how often have I said that? You've been around me now for a couple of years. Do I say that a lot? Quite a lot. Okay. Bottom line, it don't make facts make no difference to a lefty. See, I used to be on the government affairs. Well, I still am. I'm vice chair of the government affairs committee for the Auto Recyclers Association. So we used to meet once a year in Nashville, and we talk about legislation or, or things that were good or bad for our industry. And I would always say, there's more illegal people buying at the auction than there are legal pre- people. But there was a lady from California that would tell me, said, R.D., you cannot say that. And I said, well, why can't I see that? She said, the way you feel or what you think is not important. You have to have the facts Do you have the facts and the numbers to back, to back that up. up. You can't show up at a committee meeting and talk about what you think and how you feel. You have to show up with documentation. So are you trying to pull the documentation together? Hey, you know, after that, I got myself uh, elected on the Department of Justice National Transportation Board. And I got that board to agree to give us the numbers of the people that reported the cars like they're federally supposed to if they buy more than five cars at the auction and come to find out that 10% of the cars at the auction uh, only got reported after they left the auction and 90% of the cars never got reported. So according to that, 90% of cars, which was like 7 million cars sold at auctions, we're being bought by people that bought less than five cars. 
which that was impossible. So it turned out that I was right and I got the documentation to prove mm-hmm. it. But it, if you tried to solve the problem, it would restrict some buyers at the auction because they would have to be legal and the insurance companies are against that. So I did not get anything done to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. But I got the facts. Yeah, well, that, and that's important. <laughs> well, and that's that it, important. It, it really is important because sometimes you one of the common problems in politics and religion and wherever else is when, when people get into arguments, well, you did this, this, and the other, this, or you do this all the time. Like, let's have some actual examples. Can you, can we present some facts here? Like, well, you do it all the time. Well, let's have some actual factual examples. Not, not just, well, I think you did it, or I believe you did it, or I think you're guilty. You look guilty. (laughs) In committee meetings, I cannot believe what comes up in a committee meeting when they're getting ready to vote at, you know, at the Capitol or somewhere because in a committee meeting and they're getting ready to vote on something, you really don't have time many times to get the laws out and see what the law says. And many times you can't get a report and run a report. So you've seen it before at committee meetings, you know, sometimes you hear a lot about what people feel right before they vote (laughs) because, when somebody has a question, you really don't have enough time to, to find out what the truth really is. Well, and, and do they even care? Uh, most of the time, not. Right. Do, yeah. they, do they? And so that what, what's right or what's wrong is not necessarily relevant in many cases in committee meetings or in the floor of the House or Senate, I think. is well, It's perception. What, what do we actually want to do? Well, this makes me feel good. Or I, I was speaking against a bill one time that was going to give some um, enhanced penalties to to people who, who hurt a certain um, special interest group of people. And so, and that's in one of the... So there's the harsher punishment for, yeah, so basically, for some other people than others. I remember right, right, a right. Like so, that. So, so basically it was if you hurt this certain class of people, then you're going to get punished maybe twice as hard or something of that nature. I don't know. There's going to be more justice. More, more, twice as much justice. Something yeah, like exactly. that. I, I like that. And so, and so... And I was opposed to it, and I can't. I think I think that's what it was. And so one of the legislators was was kind of um, excoriating me um, over the fact that I was being unfeeling. I wasn't. You didn't uh, care. I didn't care enough. It's like, you need to be more like you. a socialist. Socialists really care about people, and, and you yeah, know, I capitalists do. are heartless. As you starve, right? Yeah, now, and exactly. actually, no, I think I think it's, it's coming back to me a little better now. I think it was actually it was a sunlight. It was a sunlight law. It was one of the um, FOIA type laws. They they were they were they were peeling it back. I think and and, and taking some of it away. I, I think that's what it was. And it was like, well, don't don't you feel for these government officials that like um. I think we've got a corruption problem, and I don't think we should make it easier for government officials. The, we're going to, to protect get away the college. It. We're going to protect the colleges by by making the decision that that they make, you know, uh, more secret than, <laughs> than everybody else. Well, government officials need to have some privacy in the, in their in in their actions that are official actions. All right, we got to yeah. get a break in, guys. And when we come back, speaking of corruption. Rudy Giuliani says he's uncovered money laundering in Ukraine involving Biden's. Mm -hmm. I've got a story. Giuliani reveals damning evidence gathered on his trip to Ukraine, Hungary. If the allegations are true, it could end Biden's candidacy. We got that all coming up in the next hour. Jan Morgan says she'll be here. I just got a text from her. 
And uh, R.D. and Paul say they're going to stick around. We're not going anywhere. We're going to talk some more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's fun. the facts to prove it i believe that putin wanted to lift the sanctions he's always wanted to lift these sanctions that were placed on him because of his um interfering with and uh incursion into crimea and so i believe that they wanted to elect president trump and trump i believe agreed i will always believe this that he agreed that if he got elected he would lift those sanctions so so she didn't have any facts, but she believes it. Um, but what is that? How does that qualify as intelligent speech? Artie? Well, it, it wouldn't pass for anybody else. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> call my, my customer and say, well, this is what I feel like, or, or I, I'm, I'm going to bill you. I'm going to bill you this much for this repair job because this is what I feel like I, that it's worth. I, I, I believe I'm not that I put back a new, it up. I believe that I put a new engine in your car. I, I'm not going to give you a list of anything that I've done or 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 anything. I'm just going to do what I feel like. But what she doesn't want to, sometimes people know the facts, Paul, but they don't want to go to the facts because sometimes the facts does not back up your position. So when the facts don't back up your position, you don't present then, any then facts. You don't present the facts. You only present what makes you look good. So if the facts don't back up your position, then you just wing it and become a politician and just say a bunch of stuff that sounds good. You become a storyteller. Doesn't really mean anything. Well, and, and uh, unfortunately, though, I'm, I'm afraid that the American people are kind of in this position right now that we like stories. We don't care about facts. That's a serious problem that we have, I think. Is unfortunately, I think a lot of American a lot of American voters they they will they will listen to a story. They will be enthralled by a story. They'll be they'll vote for the person who tells good stories or has good hair. And 
But when you bring up facts, me. no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Look, that sometimes wasn't a reference. I have good hair. One. Sometimes <laughs> I don't have such good hair. You know, yeah, she's the one that no, it's, it's, had a good hair. No, it's, day. It, it's kind of it's kind of funny. One of the guys that sits in for Dave's every once in a while. Um, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, no, he he's the insurance guy. Uh, no, no, the other insurance guy. Um, I'll tell you this um, while you're trying to figure that out. <laughs> I actually had a lady tell me this once when I was out running around all over the state mm-hmm. campaigning and listening to people talking to people. I asked this little old lady that I ran into somewhere in, way down in South Arkansas because I ran into her at a gas station. We started talking about the election, and I said, well, how do you decide who to vote for? Because she said she didn't watch the news, she didn't read the newspaper, she doesn't listen to the radio, and she's not on the Internet. And I said, how do you figure out who to vote for then how do you get educated on the issues and learn about the candidates and i i promise you i swear to you this was her answer well i usually look at the yard signs and whoever has the most yard signs Mm -hmm. out that i figure they're working hard trying to get elected so that's who i vote for that's wow. kind of funny, Jen. You should I, say that. That's that, that, that it doesn't true. surprise that's, me. But that's <laughs> like a nice guy. I want to vote somebody because he's a nice guy. Uh-huh. I think about that when I wear this shirt. I wore this shirt when I was running for an office one that time. That shirt makes me dizzy. And, it's uh, so I busy. In, I walked into a gas station and got gas and told her, hey, here's one of my cards. I'm running for this office. And the lady mm-hmm. says, I like that shirt. I'm going to vote for you. Yeah. And oh, I wow. thought, well, like, I don't uh, think that's a real good reason. That's a real good for reason you, yeah. But whenever uh, I see this shirt, I think about somebody that was going to vote for well, somebody because right. of the clothes they were wearing. But what I hear all the time, and you guys can comment on this, saying, I'm going to vote for him because he's a nice guy. Yeah, a nice no, guy, or nice I always know him from a nice Christian friend. family. I hear that one a lot. Yeah. So, you know, here's the thing, and this is, this is if, if, if I don't accomplish anything else as an Arkansan, what I hope to do is just get more people to start paying attention to their government and start studying up on the issues because we we live in a time when you can no longer listen to what the politician says in their TV commercials or their radio ads or in their newspaper ads. You can't listen to what they say and just take it as the gospel because they will lie and they will lie in such a way that it's it's kind of a. Uh, a lie by omission, well, right. so to speak. You, you, you know, you, you, I'm cutting you, taxes here, but I'm raising taxes over there. They don't tell you about the part that I'm raising taxes over here. So you have to really start paying attention. And, you know, I, I think that 63,000 more Arkansans are awake and engaged who maybe weren't before a few years ago. And, and I'm hoping to just get out there and do more of that so that more people, because always remember this, an engaged electorate. A citizenry that is engaged with its government is a citizen citizenry that is going to have a better government, more citizen involvement, less government control. Well, and that's, the problem is, though, that so many people, they don't want to study the issues. They don't care about the morality of the issues. They, in their defense, some people it's not that they don't want to; it's that they're so busy. They are so busy. I mean, when you're in, a, in when you're when you live in a state and you're among the most heavily taxed citizens in America, by gosh, you've got to work your rear end well, off there, to there, pay the bills there is and that. all the taxes. And, and then and then the social <laughs> carnage that's going on. We have we have families that are just torn to pieces by 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 their opiate by, addiction by, by by their all sorts mm-hmm. of different problems. Yes, and you know if 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 you don't know who your who your daddy is, you don't know. Um, where your parents are because they're out and intoxicated somewhere, or maybe your mother's a prostitute, or or, or maybe just your parents fight. Mm. That 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 kind of makes it so politics don't matter as much. And then you say, "Well, it's my civic duty. I'm going to go vote." Mm-hmm. You know, I think we need to start getting this out there that 
If you don't have the time to study the candidates, you don't have the time to study the issues, don't vote. It is immoral. If you do not know what you're voting for, it is immoral to vote. Please don't do it. I ran into a lady today. This is the second time I've had a chance to talk with her. She is with the Arkansas Alliance for the Mentally Ill. And I first met her about a month ago. I went to a a commission meeting where they were discussing, it was a panel of elected officials, and they were discussing what to do about gun violence okay how we can keep our children in arkansas safe from guns carry and, more guns <laughs> yeah right carry more guns arm teachers uh eliminate gun free zones that's how you make people more safe yep. from guns but anyway right. was- in that commission meeting this lady was speaking and she was talking about she, she she brought us back to where we need to be discussing which is not the gun it's the the, the core of the problem we have a mental health problem in arkansas like they like any other state does sure. but we are it's like the big elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about you know let's just maybe if we just get rid of everyone's guns we can we can stop uh which is absurd mentally let's, let's ill not, people from killing right. but she was telling me that more mental health facilities have been three more have been shut down now in arkansas oh. and we were just discussing last week how we need more uh, emergency crisis stabilization units in the state to address people that are mentally ill that 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 don't need to be in jail, but their families call and say they're having a psychotic episode. Please come get right. them. And, that, and that's the problem that we we don't, we deal with the, these issues in, in just bizarre, stupid ways, as opposed to yeah. let's, let's deal with them in more sensible ways instead of. Um, uh, what we're doing now. What we're doing now is, is just plumb stupid. How about the indoctrination? If you want to talk about that, how about the indoctrination of our children in our schools uh, about evolution and that everybody is just a bunch of animals? If a human life is not any more precious than a dog's life or a deer's life, then before you know it, society has a very low regard for human life. We are allowing Absolutely. Absolutely. part of this argument is is we're allowing our schools to indoctrinate children from the first grade that a human is no better than a dog. And until we have the backbone to stand up and say that this is not acceptable and we want equal time in the classroom that there is a God that created the heavens and the earth and there is a source of authority for right and wrong besides the federal government. That uh, until we're willing to address that issue, we, you know, we're not, well, we're and, not being honest. And, and that point is really it's telling because you post a picture of a dog that looks like it's been kind of beat up. You'll have a bunch of people get on there, talk about how they just Thousands. want to butcher the person who did this to this dog. You post a picture of a man who's beat up. They'll, they're like, well, we'll wait till the facts come out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, that, that's bizarre. That is, that is profoundly perverse speaking of profoundly bizarre and perverse you guys were talking about the impeachment hearings when i was driving in to the studio and i wanted to share i I don't know if you mentioned this but one of the democrats said he he literally made this statement in one of his speeches I, i can't remember the guy's name but he said uh you know president trump He's spending all this time with Kim Jong-un and all these tyrants. Maybe the reason he did what he did is he's just jealous of how much power and control they have over their countries. And he wants that same kind of power and control. I, I could not believe that an elected official, an adult, 
actually that made that statement. That had to be Maxine Waters. <laughs> no, it was That's a male. It was, was a male. Ball-headed guy. If Trump really yeah. was wanting to increase his power, why would he hire someone like Dan Greenberg to take power away from the government? Who said Al C., what's his name, Montgomery, or whatever his name? <laughs> I don't know, but I just couldn't believe he said that. I well, mean, I, he I've heard some ridiculous comments, <laughs> like Maxine Waters. I don't have the facts. Jan, how he feels is more important than the facts. You know, if he really feels that way, he ought to be able to share it with everybody she he's going to be part of the maxine waters parade again let's hear maxine's maxine waters again cut 21 just the beginning of it because i believe even though i don't have the facts that's enough we don't have to hear anymore because i believe i don't have the facts she was great she went to common core school it doesn't make any difference if she's right or not. That's it's right. how she comes up with a conclusion. That's, that's, that's how you exactly feel. right. That's how you yeah. feel. That's how that's you feel. That's the way the left is. The left has been that way forever. It's all about feelings. Jan, you know this. Yes. It's the same thing with gun rights when with you, them When you have people. the gun rights debates, everything that they have, everything they bring to the table when I've debated anti-gun radicals on national TV, whether it's CNN or Fox or wherever, they always bring the same arguments to the table to debate. And all those arguments are based on emotion. Yeah. They're, they're not factual because the facts are on our side. It's it's a convenient way for them to argue because wait, wait, wait. when you can't use facts because the facts are on our side, what else can you do? Call your names or say, well, you know, whatever you, they want to about you. It's it's one of those, um, the, the, the causation versus correlation things. It's like, well, if we didn't have guns, we wouldn't have murders or wouldn't have as many murders or whatever else. Well, okay, look look at these countries in the uh, over the last century – you disarm your people, and then you murder them. They have knife laws in England. Now. Well, no, but, 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 the, but the governments themselves killed just hordes and exactly. hordes. And, and actually, you can't have a knife let me just say this three again. Inches in, England in the twentieth century, in the twentieth century, over one hundred and seventy million people were killed by were murdered by have been annihilated by, by their own governments Dave, after being disarmed. And every time that process leading from uh, uh, freedom to annihilation was registration of firearms, confiscation of firearms, annihilation of citizens. Did I just hear someone rack a slide? No. 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 Oh, he's, got, he's, got, oh. he's got a stiletto. Wow, somebody's racking he's got a stiletto over here. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, this hey, is my, this is my work knife. That's a, that's that's a, a stiletto, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So, the Italians cool. used to use those all the time. Pretty cool. So whenever I've got my hood up. Just don't ever do that when an officer's walking toward yeah. your car on a traffic <laughs> stop because, because you'll think you're racking like a slide. It does. It almost sounded like the rack of a Glock. He the facts you know, instead of what he feels Glocks like. Glocks have a heard. very distinctive <laughs> sound when you rack that slide. So. That's the truth. That Same. is the truth. You know, they're going to be... When it comes to whatever they talk about the left, it is always an emotional response that they'll give you. But did you notice during the impeachment hearings, they're really trying. They keep falling back on the Constitution. It's the first time ever I've heard the left really talk try to use the, con- the Constitution. constitution. Yeah. Yes, except as many times as they throw the Constitution in and the Bill of Rights, none of it is relevant to what they're doing. Uh, you know, so they're mis- misquoting, misusing, but that's okay. Yeah, it's terribly, terribly misused. It's typical. All right, so when we go to break, which is we're going to have to do right now, let me play a a piece for you. You're going to love this. I haven't played Rudy Giuliani in several weeks now. Mm -hmm. You know, he's kind of taken, sitting in the back, taking a beating right now, in fact, Mm -hmm. by the left. Well, he came out 
last night. Listen to what he had to say. Maybe they don't believe that there was, in fact, substantial corruption in Ukraine that went on for years and that the president of the United States, when he asked for an investigation, was doing his duty as the president of the United States. Maybe they buy into <clears throat> some form of the Democratic uh, criticism. But what I uncovered there yeah. are two major schemes, one for $7.5 billion, the other for $5 billion in money laundering that went on all through the Obama administration. Part of it involved Joe Biden, the, br the bribery part. It's a disgrace that he's not under investigation for it in, in America, maybe because our law enforcement is too afraid. But the reality is it's a complete defense for the president. When the president of the United States was asking the president of Ukraine to investigate, he was asking him to investigate crimes at the highest levels of both governments that the president of the Ukraine referred to as we, meaning it's our problem, joint problem. So he's being impeached for doing the right thing as president of the United States. Nothing to be defensive about. Rudy, much Zero. of the work, your work. I, I got to say, I got the story right here. We'll talk about it when we come back. Let me just read the headline to you. From, this is from uh, the folks over at uh, Red State, which in full transparency is owned by the Salem Broadcasting Group. Giuliani reveals damning evidence gathered on trip to Ukraine, Hungary. If allegations are true, it will end Biden's candidacy. That's next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. There you go. All right. It's back. We're back. Hey, I just want to say, if anybody ever wants some super strong coffee, call RD down here and ask him. <laughs> I just stuff. went to the break room. I had to have. I had to find a knife in the in the in the drawer to cut it to slice the coffee to give me a slice of coffee, and then it took a half a gallon of creamer just to get it to turn off of just jet black. What is this stuff? I wanted to make sure you sobered up before we started the show, Jim. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, well, at that luncheon, man. We know what you guys do at that luncheon. Hey, there, were, there was no alcohol beverages at the Garland County Republican Women Luncheon. I can vouch for that. Okay, all right. So all Elizabeth right. Vaughn wrote this article. Let me just read a little bit of it. I'm not going to read all of it. I'll be sending this to uh, Elizabeth, and she'll post it on my Facebook page. Do you want me to have it sent to you, too, Jen? Yes. I'm okay. interested in reading this. This all is right. very interesting. Rudy Giuliani, a personal attorney for President Trump, recently returned from an evidence-gathering trip to Kiev, Vienna, and Budapest. Mm-hmm. He was accompanied by a crew from OAN News, led by Chanel Rion. I think that's how to pronounce the name. Senator Lindsey Graham, who chairs the Senate Judiciary Committee, has invited Giuliani to testify before his committee about his discoveries. However, Graham added, he would only take up the attorney's testimony after the impeachment trial ends. The former New York City mayor has not indicated whether or not he'll accept uh, Giuliani has been leading efforts to uncover information about the Biden family's ties to Ukraine and corruption. He visited the White House Friday where he was seen leaving the West Wing. The administration has yet to comment on the reason behind the visit, but President Trump has asked the attorney to brief GOP senators and the DOJ on his on his findings from last week's trip. This mm -hmm. is serious, folks. When you start talking to the senators yep. and the DOG, uh, DOJ, it's, 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 it's serious. <laughs> Since you start talking return, to the DOG, yeah, the dog. Yeah. Since serious. his return, Giuliani has been busy preparing a report 
on Joe and Hunter Biden's corruption in Ukraine. For Attorney General William Barr, the results of that information he has garnered through hours of research. Um, He did a bunch of tweets on Sunday, revealed some of what he's learned, writing that this only scratches the surface. He alleges that the corruption in Ukraine in 2016 was so extensive that it was President Trump's duty to request an investigation. He writes, I have garnered witnesses and documents which reveal the truth behind this impeachment, which includes no wrongdoing by Donald Trump. In an interview with uh, Rian, the person who was covering it with him, he discusses former Prosecutor General Shokin, who was fired by then-Ukrainian President Poroshenko. Giuliani said, he says, the phone calls from the Vice President to Poroshenko, from Poroshenko to Shokin, Poroshenko showing up in Shokin's office and saying, Biden's putting pressure on me. You can't go forward with the Burisma. Can you slow it down? And all of a sudden, Shokin gets his communication uh, from Latvia that shows a $16 million laundering transaction. Yes, Biden actually did. Biden and his son actually did what the Democrats are accusing President Trump of doing. Yeah, I got a minute here. Only much worse. Let me just read this last part. Uh, Classic laundering transaction, says Giuliani, goes from Ukraine to Latvia. It's disguised as a loan to another company, WireLogic, I believe. It then goes to uh, Cyprus gets disguised as another loan. This is called Digitech. Then it's disbursed as payment of board fees. Juliana pauses to let that sink in. Now you've got uh, you've got two loans to pay board fees unless you're laundering the money. Three million gets to Hunter Biden that way. This is a straight cut violation of a money laundering statute. Mm-hmm. We're going to have more on this. Well, you know, President, President Trump ran for office promising to drain the swamp. I mean, those that little phrase became world renowned when he ran for president. When you drain the swamp, you're going to get a lot of kickback because the alligators don't want to go. They <laughs> so, don't want to go peacefully. So, but what, what, what do the Democrats expect? Do they think that just because? All right, let me get back to this Giuliani story. Mm-hmm. It's really it's. It's long. I love Giuliani. You got to get this uh, put on site so you can read it yourself. Uh, It's a letter from February 2016 from the prosecutor's office of the Republic of Latvia, Office for Prevention of Laundering of Proceeds Derived from Criminal Activity. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in. All right, Mm -hmm. let that sink in. A highlighted section reads. According to publicly available information, Burisma Holdings Limited and its director, Hunter Biden, are involved in a corruption affair. That's a quote. That's a quote. Reading off the letter, (laughs) Latvia traced $14.7 million. The funds were transferred back to the accounts of Devin Archer and Hunter Biden. The video goes to a clip of uh, Ryan, Giuliani, and Sokin. Ryan asked Sokin if he recognized the document. He said yes. Quote, he said there were more such inquiries that made it impossible for him to justify shutting down the uh, Burisma investigation. They also verified on camera what Sokin had stated in a stunning 12-page sworn affidavit to an American court. And this is uh, in a in a box. Says this: President 
Poroshenko asked me to resign due to pressure from the U.S. presidential administration, in particular from Joe Biden, who was the U.S. vice president. Biden was threatening to withhold $1 billion in U.S. subsidies from Ukraine until I was removed from office. Quid pro quo going on here? Anyway, uh, I was forced out because I was leading a wide-ranging corruption probe into Burisma. Joe Biden's son was on board of the directors. I refused to close this investigation. Therefore, I was forced to leave under direct and intense pressure from Joe Biden and the U.S. administration. Now, you read that when you say and the U.S. administration, just put Obama's name there. What was the date on this again? That's not second hand. So Obama can be drawn into this. This is this gonna get really, really dirty. It's gonna get ugly. Mm -hmm. It's gonna get ugly. Just know I'll have this on my Facebook. I'm sending it to over to um, Jan. uh, To Jan and to uh, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth. I think Elizabeth sent this copy to Mm -hmm. me, so she's got it. She'll post it. Read it. Mm -hmm. Read it. I'm just telling you. Every it's as the Democrats always do that. They project everything that they are doing. They're the ones that are the most corrupt individuals in all of this, and they're projecting it onto the Republicans. Here's what I don't understand. What what TV networks are other countries watching who are getting this story about this whole impeachment? Who, who do they watch? Because and they do their narratives. I, it's just like CNN. If you watch news... If you watch news in England or you watch news in Iceland or different or Ireland, uh-huh. it's like watching CNN. They have a national directive into trying to show that socialism good, capitalism bad. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was telling Dave and the crew <laughs> during the break, I got a call this morning from, uh, well, actually late last night from a producer with Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan. And they wanted me to come on and debate. Good morning, Britain. Right. They wanted me to debate uh, someone on the opposite side of this whole impeachment thing. And they wanted my opinions. Well, you know, I couldn't because of the time frame and already I'm already committed to something else. But I look forward to getting to debate because I'm, I'm wondering the producer of that show could not believe could not believe that I didn't see any grounds for impeachment of our president. She she just couldn't believe it. And that, that, I, that I actually thought that even after all this, that President Trump would get elected. And I said, no, not only will he get elected, reelected, he's going to be overwhelmed. It's going to be a landslide. They, they just couldn't wrap. And I think the only reason they can't wrap their heads around that is because somehow the information they're getting is not the truth. Nancy Pelosi is like his campaign manager. She's helping him out more than anybody that he could ever hire. He couldn't hire somebody to uh, to help him any more than Nancy Pelosi well, is helping d- him right During now. Trump's election a couple of years ago, when the media would attack him on something. His numbers would go up. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's, it's like. It's like Trump stands in the middle of a of a of a crowd of people wanting to kill him, and it's like surrender you've got me surrounded i mean the 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 guy would would take hits and the other people would fall mm-hmm. but you know when 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 the president was sworn in on the day he was sworn in and the democrats said in the washington post and the media said quote quote the process to remove donald trump begins now 
So, I mean, that that was their agenda from day one. So when you say something like that, that, that eliminates all of your credibility. All right. I want you guys to hang on because I didn't give you the best part of this story. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you ready? Better Here than, we go. Okay. There's a second video. Okay. I gave you the first video. Now the second video. Giuliani says, quote, this is bribery at the highest level of government. This is the vice president of the United States bribing the president of another country to force the president to do what he doesn't want to do. And now Joe is going to say, oh, it wasn't corruption because I didn't know about my son. I'm telling you, I have 10 ways to prove to you that he did. Giuliani allegedly has medical records that Skokin was poisoned twice and that the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Maria Yovanovitch, prejudiced. Yeah, she she prejudiced. Per- I said it. She I perjured, she, she, she perjured herself. Perjured herself. Oh, perjured herself. I thought okay. In a uh, in claims to have documents proving that Yovanovitch denied visas to witnesses who could prove Biden and Democratic corruption. If true, not only would it mean the end of Biden's candidacy, but he and or his son Hunter Biden could be facing serious legal problems. Well, that would As be true should. if there was any justice left at the Justice Department. Yeah, she but I have absolutely, have absolutely no faith that that will happen because of Hillary Clinton and all the things that she got. And because with. they're all buddies up there. It doesn't matter yeah. which party you're with. They're all buddies. But yep. yes, and in, and in addition to the Bidens, Hillary Clinton needs to go down. She needs to be prosecuted. Talk about high crimes. Yeah, orange is the new Clinton. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I was thinking black and white stripe, but okay, yeah. <laughs> they don't. They got rid of the black and white stripes now. Now they put them in orange jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they should put the guys in pink jumpsuit jumpsuits. Yeah, like Joe would, used to yeah, do. Yeah, Joe Arpaio. I've right. got a pair of pink underwear that Joe signed for me that he used to make his folks wear down in the field. My husband has a drawer full of pink underwear because I washed his whites with the red shirt and so yeah. So I think his biggest nightmare is that he might, you know, have to go to the hospital for something and wear pink underwear. Yeah, and have to explain that. And try to so. explain his manlyhood then. Exactly. <laughs> hey, no, only a real man wears pink. At least, they don't right wear. at least they don't look like they came from the store pink. pink. No, yeah. they, no, they have a little different. It's not a, it's not a pretty pink it's a yeah, it's kind of a yeah i'll tell you joe Ohio, out he was thing. he was a real deal brother he was a good man good man put him in tent cities give him peanut mm-hmm. butter without yet get him a peanut butter sandwich for for lunch mm-hmm. and a glass of water that's the way that's the way jail ought to be you you remember what they said what he said so that you don't said, want to go there did you hear what he said when they told him you can't put people in tents like that that's not that's not uh, moral. And he says, if we can put our military men and women in tents out in 180 degrees, we can put criminals exactly. in tents. There you go. I go along with that. I like that, man. I think we need to send all of our violent prisoners to uh, let let Mexico take over the our uh, prison make, system. Make, yeah. make, send them, make, send them make, to Mexican make Mexico prisons. Or penal colony. Yeah, they'd send them to Mexican I prisons. Think, I, yeah, that, I, I think uh, we got it wrong. I think we should do exactly what, uh, you know, uh, Snake Plissken did. I think they should make Manhattan a uh, walled-in prison, chain gang, and put and put them all in there, and just let them 
they take care of themselves. A chain gang. They used to chain them all just together and put them down just in, let them in, run in, in a rock pit and give them a sledgehammer. Well, come, well, come up with their own devil's it, island. It probably wouldn't be any worse than it is now. Yeah, come up with their own devil's island. I was in Valonia talking to the senior citizens group at Valonia Good one people. time. Great people. And there was a lady there that was about 90 years old. And she said, I used to pick cotton when I was a little girl. They would get us up before daylight before daylight and we would take care of all the animals go out and pick cotton all day come back and then milk all the cows and feed all the animals again and then go to bed at night she said if you put me in charge of the prison system (laughs) we wouldn't have a a a problem in the prison system because everybody when they got out they would be real good because she said i know what it is to have to work wouldn't happen cruel and unusual punishment Hey, but you left off something, R.D. Some of those women actually had babies in in the cotton field while they were picking, and they stopped long enough to have the baby and then just got right back to work. That is the truth. Yeah, I tell you what, it's tough. But all she had to do was to uh, subject them to the way that she was raised and the way she grew Mm -hmm. up. And she said, if I subjected them to that, then then they wouldn't cause any more trouble when they got back out. And and that's the the truth. All right, so what do you guys think about what Giuliani's digging up here? I think it's awesome. It could be. Pretty. I love it. This would happen. I I I expect that, you know, once the House get done with their bovine excrement statements that they're doing today, and they can vote because it's a you know it's a done deal. We know what's going to oh, happen. Yeah. So it's going to show up at the Senate. Uh, what next week? Maybe mm-hmm. before Christmas. So they'll 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 come back from Christmas break and take it up. Right at the beginning of the year, take them maybe a week to do the trial, and then we will get Giuliani in front of Graham's committee to talk about this. So maybe middle of January, things will really blow up. You don't think they'll wait until after the election? Oh no! No, this is going to be big. I hope they. I hope they get after this, it. This is going to be big. Donald I'm Trump doesn't wait for. for he's no. Yes, but the left is going to accuse him of going after Biden because. Biden may be the Democrat nominee, Who whereas cares? if he waits until after the is. election, then it'll be Who like, cares? okay, there's no reason to go after him other than the fact that, oh, there's so, so, evidence out here to prove that he was involved in corruption. So we're so talking what, $17 billion. Mm-hmm. So what are they supposed to What do you do with all what that? Is the gov- what do you do with what, that kind of what money? What is the president supposed to do if he's, if he's got Brad, good evidence that, a, that a, a Democrat opponent has been engaged in serious corruption? Is he supposed to just let it happen? I guess so. I mean, according to the Democrats, at least, unless well, they were a Republican, I tell you what's going to backfire, 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 backfire excuse me, backfire <laughs> on them. Hey, welcome to Arkansas. It's going to backfire on them is that they think that they are staining his record by him impeaching him. But to all of Donald Trump's supporters, then impeachment, he's going to wear it like a badge and, instead of giving him a black eye. They're putting another feather in his head. Yeah, you want to hear what some of our Facebook viewers are yeah, saying? Yeah, what are they saying? Okay, so Lynn Rob Ingram is saying the Democrats mm-hmm. prove they do not care about half of America, let alone mm-hmm. actual proof of any impeachment allegations. Trump 2020. Hey, uh, understand something. They don't care about any of America. 
Oh, and uh, Adam Baum says, I hope Trump and his team have something up their collective sleeve to turn the Senate trial into a bloodbath for the Democrats. Well, yeah, Dave, you just proved. You just. They got it. It's ready. It's It's coming. Yeah, exactly. There'll be no Senate trial. My prediction is, is. No, they're going to have a trial. Do you think they'll go ahead and have a trial? It'll be short. Ginger Boudreaux says the Justice Department is a joke. So she agrees with you, R.D. Our Justice Department is not. It's falling down the job. We should probably call it. I've been there. We should probably call it a judicial system, not a justice system. Right. Mm -hmm. I've been there before. It's like, oh, yeah, I I know that 90% of the people that are being illegal, but, you know, we don't want to upset anybody and do anything about it. All Mm -hmm. right. A break. Then we'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Power panel's here. R.D. is here. Paul's here. And Jan is here. On the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, this just uh, in. This from Jerry Cox, uh, of course, over Family Council. On uh, today, <coughs> Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson released a statement renewing calls for Arkansas to pass hate crimes legislation. In response, Family Council <laughs> President Jerry Cox released this statement saying, quote, hate crime laws don't work. New Jersey has a hate crime law like the one the governor is proposing, but it didn't stop anti-Semitic violence from happening in that state last week. The FBI tracks hate crimes committed nationwide. According to the FBI, the five states with the highest numbers of hate crimes in 2018 were Washington, New Jersey, New York, Texas, and Michigan. Every one of those states, by the way, has a hate crimes law mm-hmm. arkansas on the other hand has some of the fewest hate crimes of any state in america passing a hate crimes law isn't going to do anything here cox said besides being ineffective hate crimes laws give government uh, government the power to punish speech and beliefs quote hate crime laws give the government the power to punish thoughts as well as actions when police investigate a possible hate crime Questions come up about what the suspect wrote or said. People ask questions about his religious beliefs or his friends and associates. These investigations stray into thought policing and end up punishing criminals for what they believe in, uh, in in addition to what they did. Free countries don't criminalize beliefs or thoughts. Good good quotes there, Jerry Cox. Very nice. I like that. So have you talked to the governor about this, Dave? Have you asked him why he's pushing for this? We talked about this earlier this year because he made inklings of this during the legislative session and Mm -hmm. then pulled back on it. Because he Um, didn't have the support for it. No, he has none. And uh, at that time, his spokesman, of course, was uh, J.R. J.R. And uh, J.R. and I had uh, a lengthy... (laughs) <laughs> discussion but what about was the, what was his what, what was his reasoning vote. for pushing that it's i mean do, do we have a hate crime problem PR. in arkansas makes, it, it's it's the kind of thing that quote makes you feel good doesn't do well, anything well, it just makes you feel good why wasn't the governor as anxious to support legislation that actually did pass that prohibits uh sharia law foreign law in our courtrooms in Arkansas. And when, when I brought this up during the campaign, he said, well, th- that's like, uh, you know, trying to, to give a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. We haven't had that problem. I so my that. question is, yeah. And, and, and my response to that was, do you get a flu shot before you get the flu or after you get the flu? But on the hate crimes thing, I'm trying to think, do we have a hate crime problem in Arkansas? I, I, we have a no, PR we don't. Problem. I just gave it's you the politics. whole thing. Yes. We don't. We have very so few hate crimes. But, but the, 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 to support hate crimes legislation or these enhanced penalties, whatever you want to call them, 
it's it's a hip thing to do. It kind of gets you. Maybe it's popular among millennials. I don't know. But the thing is, though, that it's it is government sanctioned discrimination. Yeah, is what it is. Thought police. Mm-hmm. I well, mean, one thing they look at whenever you're running for election is the crossover vote and the vote in the middle. We have open elections in the primaries mm-hmm. in Arkansas, which is dumb. So, which I think is dumb. So we have a lot of moderate Republicans that are getting elected by Democrats. Right. So this this hey, this is nothing but a PR thing to make you look and feel good with the minorities. But I'll tell you how it'll backfire when we come back. No, go ahead. Finish up. All right. How it's going to backfire on them. This is this is why the left wants hate crime, because they're going to make it a civil right for anyone to be a homosexual or anyone to uh, live or marry their dog or marry their uh, homosexual friend or whatever. But whenever they make it a civil law to to be a homosexual and, and the marriage issue and everything else, when you go in your churches and you preach Romans 1, 30 and you read the book and talk about what it says in Romans 130 then you're going to be a hater and there's going to be a policeman that's going to sit in there and you may even have to take your sermons and turn your sermons in to the hate crime police and make sure that you're not doing any hate crimes within your churches and they're going to come after your religious freedoms all right here's Jay in Little Rock Jay what's up well, there's uh, Sanctuary City in Pine Bluff, and then Hate Crimes. This is new. Well, well Uncle Asa, uh, I wonder if I flashed the, uh, the OK symbol. Would that be a hate crime? <laughs> <laughs> White the supremacist. Birth, you know, and also, um, it seems to me, and I don't know what you guys think, but about nine out of ten of the supposed hate crimes turn out to be faux crimes that of were course. made up. Mm-hmm. Of course. They, they put poo on the wall. A Nazi symbol poo on the wall, that kind of thing. I mean, this is what it turns out to be is fake stuff, man. Yeah. You know, I think this also falls right in line with the whole animal cruelty coming down from the federal level. And I love people know I love animals. Okay, I love animals. I, I, I can't stand seeing animals abused and people getting by with animal cruelty. But, you know, it opens the door. To to some abuse of, of Certainly not uh, laws the role. that just, it just should not be the role of the federal well. How do you define especially? animal cruelty? Some people Jay, think animal cruelty go. means you know, uh, slaughtering cattle for people to have steak. Yeah, I mean, what, what is it clearly defined you, now? You, you, well, the reason you, Jerry Cox is weighing in on this issue. It's about religious freedom. It's about religious it's freedom. If you, that's mm-hmm. what it's all about. If you don't believe that, go across the border into Canada, where this is already happening. Well, we already have seen where the governor is on the religious freedom, because if you recall several years ago when uh, Jerry Cox uh, put forth some uh, religious freedom legislation, the they had to water it down. The you know, the governor sent it back and they had to water it down. And what we ended up that with was, was not ugly. nearly as solid. That was ugly. Well, yeah, it was because this is, you know, Republicans are supposed to be the, the, the Christian it side of the political arena. It got watered down it to did a get worthless down to bill. Yes. And the people that tried to stand up for what's right and mm-hmm. tried to stand up and make that bill worth the paper it was printed on got spit on coming yeah. out of the session. Bob Ballinger mm-hmm. yeah. was one and of Joe those Ferrar. men. Joe Farrar. Joe Farrar was another one. You're exactly right. All right. Because we were there. That's right. That's what this station does. Ellswick Show is at the Capitol we were in the there. middle of the in right. the middle of it all. That was the day that uh, the homosexual committee showed up and we were lined up and down the stairs and everything. Mm-hmm. And the governor said, "If they pass that bill, I'll sign it." And when it got on his desk, he went back on his word. Yeah.
All right, we'll take a break. We got more coming your way. We got more. another hour, in fact, here another on the hour. Dave Ellswick Show. We want to hear from you. show and a lot of people saying well why are the Dem- why are the democrats you know doing the impeachment we we'll, we played a piece for you in the first hour jan wasn't here i want to play it again just so that uh, you can understand what this is really all, all about. about i mean you need to know what it's all about mm-hmm. and uh lofgren uh i think that's a con- i think that's a congressperson uh, let me make sure zoe lofgren who is a U.S. representative from California, had this to say. This is cut number five. Go ahead and play that. My question to you is, what makes this process worth it if the outcome is what it appears to be, that he will be acquitted uh, in the Senate? How will you tell your constituents, how will you tell people the next time around that this process was worth it? Well, we have our job to do here in the House, which is to evaluate the evidence and to decide whether the president has committed high crimes and misdemeanors. He has, in my opinion. Now, the vote to impeach will be uh, a stain on his record forever. He's there only, it is. Uh, he there will it only is. be the third president in history to have that record. I hope that the Senate will take their obligations seriously. No, we don't need to hear any more. She said exactly why they're doing it. stain on his record. That's it. Mm-hmm. That stain will be a badge. Yeah, well, he'll wear it like a badge. Well, they yes, want that stain will. because they have nothing else, and they know that he's going to win this next election, re-election by a landslide, and they're just scrambling. They're, they're grasping at straws, anything, to throw on that fire to keep people from going to the polls and voting for him or to think that there might be something nefarious going on in the Trump administration. That's, just, that's all they saying. have. It's all they have. Because they don't want to talk about the economy and all the great things that are happening in America and our standing in the world. You know, our standing in the world has improved. Once again, we're respected by other countries, and that is a nice place to be. I, I can't tell you how much I missed that during the Obama administration yeah. well, after his apologist tour. <laughs> I'm glad Free's not working for him because what the Democrats usually count on is free will buy them the elections, you know, free health insurance, free college, uh, 
In other words, yeah, br- yeah, in other words, you can bribe the voters with it, if you it, do it with it, government projects. Exactly. Or government the only programs. good thing about this is it looks like that that freeze not working good enough for them, so they're having to do something different. Okay, so can I let me play one more piece for you about the impeachment? Because I know people are getting very fatigued about this. Getting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Congressman Denny Heck, uh, who is from Washington, Spokane. All right said this about impeachment. Cut 29. Oh, wow, that's pretty profound. Yeah, Zach's looking for it. He's trying to find it. You got it? All right, here it is. Do you think that support is softening among Democrats, as we see in that poll? I think Americans are split right down the middle, and I think it is emblematic of the divisions within this country. I think the more interesting question, however, Allison, isn't how the vote's going to come out and what it means. It's how are we going to get past it after we are past it? How are we going to bring ourselves together? How are we going to heal? How, how are we ever going to find common purpose again as a country? What's the answer? I don't have it. If I were, I probably would be running for president, but I don't have the answer to that, Allison. I do think, however, that we need to have somebody in the White House who strikes a tone, frankly, of a bit more decency and a bit more of a commitment to telling the truth. Somebody who will uh, stand down from an unrelenting attack on a free press and doesn't feel obligated to viciously attack anybody who would dare to disagree with him on any given point on any given day. Those things don't seem as important to your Republican colleagues. And the reason that I say that is because they talk a lot about the stock market and they talk a lot about the economy, and it sounds like they believe only President Trump is equipped to deal with both those things, which they like. They think that those things are going gangbusters. And so, you know, what what you talk about wanting in a president doesn't sound like where the president's supporters are right now. Well, I definitely believe that we need somebody in the White House who understands how the economy works and who is looking after it. I would disagree, however, with anybody who asserts that the rise in the Wall Street is the only valid measure of a healthy economy. I celebrate the fact that the unemployment rate is down to 3.6 or 3.7 percent. But frankly, Allison, when you add 266,000 jobs in a single month like we did last month, clearly we're not at full employment. And clearly, after 30 years of basically frozen or paralyzed wage growth, it's time that we looked at uh, economic strategies that will enable more broadly shared participation and the prosperity that this nation has enjoyed. You've been candid about why you're getting out of Congress. Basically, you've said that your soul has gotten weary. I think your quote was the countless hours I've spent in the investigation of Russian election interference and the impeachment inquiry have rendered my soul weary. Do you think that's happening to other Democrats and some of your colleagues and that that's part of what we're seeing in these polls? I think it's happening to Americans, as a matter of fact. Uh, Look, but this is not, as has been suggested, some kind of a form of spectator sport or entertainment. Uh, This is a fundamentally important debate about the future of our republic and what is necessary in order for us to uphold constitutional principles. So I don't I don't think it's something that we should quote tire of, but I do understand the phenomenon because I admitted to experiencing it myself of growing weary of this debate. But I to be clear, Allison, I'm especially weary of those who refuse to accept basic facts. Uh, I'm a 
I'm of the point of view that everybody oh, is entitled to their opinion, and in fact, there is facts. there is great uh, benefit to be had in diversity of opinion. But not everybody is entitled to their facts. Okay. I would like to see that's good enough. Denny Heck. His last name should be Denny Hack. No, right. he, he left <laughs> off some some very important words when he described himself. He said. His soul is weary. He should have said his socialist soul is weary. And did you hear him use the phrase shared prosperity? We need to get to shared prosperity. That comes straight from the chapter two of the Communist Manifesto. I mean, the the fact that these people openly say these things as if that is what a constitutional republic is all about. It's shared prosperity. At one point, he claimed that redistributing the wealth. At one one point, he claimed that wages... (laughs) Were, were stuck or frozen or paralyzed for the last 30 years? No. What is he smoking? Yeah, because the last, the last six years, and I mm-hmm. take that back, in the last three years, wages have been moving up quickly, and it's not because of a $15 minimum wage. It's my just simply not true. People, Poor people are a lot wealthier than they were 30 years ago. Where's he from? Is he supposed to? Is he a he's from Spokane, Washington. No, he's a Democrat. No, he's a socialist. <clears throat> he's a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. His last but name is De- not Denny Heck. It's Denny Hack. Hack. But, yeah, he's getting out of Congress. I'm so glad Thank he's getting out. Thank for goodness that. Yes. We appreciate Because his you. socialist soul is weary. Yeah, I think his district takes in Tacoma, which is a blue, <laughs> blue, blue part of the Northwest. Kind of like Austin. It, well, it's just like Seattle. I mean, Tacoma yeah. is right next, you know, SeaTac. C- Reggie Cowan says yeah. on our Facebook thread right now that he said, when I took civics in high school, I was told 3% unemployment is normal. That being said, then unemployment is truly 5%, 0.5%. That's what he said. Well, the thing is that but if you're three and a half that's, unemployment, that's, that's that means that there's people really. still out there who should be working. Okay, I'm just saying. That's what it's saying. Sort, and sort of. But, but, but go ahead. A lot of times you need to look at the job participation rate. The uh, unemployment rate is is based on people that are looking for jobs and reporting mm-hmm. it and reporting that they're looking for jobs. I'm sorry, we got so many socialist programs in Arkansas. People got insurance and got everything, most of what they need without having a job. So if you want to run around and say, "Hey, the unemployment rate is low," that could be because you're paying everybody to stay at home. Let's look at the job participation rate and look at, so let's see how many people are paying into our uh, socialist system. And then let's look at how many people are living off of it. Let's talk about real numbers. You know, President Trump's approach to the job situation, I like because he doesn't believe that it's the government's job to create jobs. No. Okay. But what he's done is is decrease regulatory burdens off of businesses so that it's easier to have your own business, to run a business, that the government is just not breathing down your back and demanding all kinds of bureaucratic red tape to run a business. And he and he's you know, the things he's done that have stimulated the economy. Prime, give us a prime atmosphere and environment for economic growth. One thing Reggie Cowan said that I will all, never forget, he said you can't have economic growth without first having economic freedom. Thank you, Reggie, for sharing that with me. And I will, as long as I can remember that, and I think that's what every politician should live it's by. Yeah, Just, in fact, Paul, it is. check out this with cut number 14. Well, that will be 133 days where we set a new record. And that's fantastic. Our jobs numbers have come in fantastically well, really well. And uh, we're with some of our great governors and other leaders uh, 
of areas of our country that are doing uh, incredible things. And we're talking about a lot of deregulation. We're talking about various tax cuts and various tax incentives. So they continue onward with what they're doing. Uh, but this is a meeting that was set up, and it was set up a while ago. And I think they're very happy about the fact that we have uh, we have cut regulations like nobody in the history of our country. There you go. What I just said. Well, See, right. This is this is I, why I had, this man is such isn't a great it amazing president. Amazing that I have that. You had that, and I, I, <laughs> we're reading minds. President Trump is not a career politician. He was a businessman, so he knows what it's like to try to run business with the government just taxing you out of business and regulatory burdens cutting into your profits, and that's why he attacked this problem at the source. And look and, what it's done. You, know, you want me your insurance rates? You want me to tell you what the Democrats want to do? Here's Elizabeth Warren. Cut number 17. The financial transactions tax is basically just a, a tax on every time stock trades on Wall Street. That's, that's the basic idea. It's a very small tax. And depending on how much trading goes on, if you're doing the second-by-second second trading, it actually generates a fair amount of money. If that second-by-second second trading goes away, it generates less money. But that's probably a good thing in our economy. So I've supported a financial transaction tax. There you go, a financial transaction, transaction tax. It's, it's basically like a sales tax on <laughs> stocks, it sounds like. That's what it is. Transaction taxes are just plain wicked. I'm sorry. Because that's the solution they're, they're the Democrats have for everything. Uh, tax it. it. That's, that's just wrong. <laughs> the fact is... If she was a Republican, the, she'd call it a fee. One of the best... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. One of the best you, ways for, for making everybody wealthier is to allow them to trade. Trading isn't an, a zero-sum game. When, when you have something that I want and I have something that you want and we trade, we both get wealthier. It's not the same. It's not that we both... It's not that they go stagnated because I have something that you can use. When you use it, you become your life is. is but enriched. if you're one of those, you know, entrepreneurial people out there that's taking advantage of the poor person oh. out there, you're making more, Paul. That's just not fair. The fact is that we should all take advantage of each other and benefit, and we all get wealthier. Taking advantage of good things in good ways is a good thing to do. And we need to learn to <laughs> take advantage people, of each other in good and moral ways. Like some people look at something and say, they say, well, that's a that's a nice truck you're driving. You know, it must be nice. Well, if you work, you know, four years on the railroad, seven days a week, mm-hmm. and maybe you worked a job and worked 10 hours and slept, a couple of hours, then worked eight more hours and slept three hours and worked another job where you were working a day job and a night job. How at the dare same you time. take another man's and, job? And then, <laughs> and then, you know, you sell your house and you live on a business for five years and you live in the back of the warehouse or live on your business for five years and sacrifice everything that you made beforehand and then provide jobs for people, then maybe it must be nice. You know, success does not happen by accident or the Mm -hmm. flip of a coin. People actually earn their positions in most businesses and entrepreneurs. So people don't look at them and say, well, it must be nice to be in that person's position. Well, he worked his butt off to get in that position, and you're not going to have to worry about it because you probably can't even get to work on time. You are my brother from another mother. Do you know that? I would vote for you for anything, anything. Solid conservative sitting down there. This room has got a lot of conservatism in it. That's for dang sure. That's that's just kind of the the thing is that 
when you're allowed to be free, you're allowed to do things as you choose. Economic liberty is just the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. If if I choose to live in a cardboard box and work three hours a week so I can buy enough rice and beans to feed myself, that's okay. Knock yourself out. That's like Reggie be- says, you can't have economic growth without first having economic and, and, freedom. And, and Write is, that down, memorize it, live by it. Economic freedom is just the right thing to do. If somebody wants to work work like a dog and drive a really nice car and have a nice house, let them do it. If they don't want to work hardly at all and just barely barely um, survive, let them do that too. Reggie Cowan is still in this thread, and he said, and trade comes from spending your money. Reduce the tax burden and people will prosper. And, of course, when people prosper, <laughs> America prospers. The sad thing about it is, and, and, Paul, as you know, this is one of your buffs, you know, uh, economic freedom is just about gone, people. Now, whenever you buy a piece of land that costs, maybe you pile a piece of land that costs fifty thousand dollars, and, and you, you never really own a business, right? Well, you go buy that piece of land, and then you go to the city and see that what they want you to do. Then you go to the county and see what they want you to do. Then you go to the county planning board and see what they want you to what do. What they allow you to yeah, do, right? Mm-hmm. What they allow you to do. On your then own you property. go to the state law and see what they require, and you go hire a civil engineer. And I don't know, you spend about $250,000 in three years later, you might open up for business on that $50,000 piece of property you that you own. Not. Hey, I got in trouble for mm. burning some cardboard boxes, a few cardboard boxes in a trash barrel on the middle of my property way out in the county. I mean, I can't even just burn some, some boxes in a barrel because in all my own land. Well, you know, there's all these beautification acts. So if you put up a commercial business on a state highway, you know, you've got to build a fence that's 25 feet tall. You can't see through it or you make sure you can't see over it. You've mm-hmm. got to have so many feet of grass. you got to do a water runoff thing. Okay, you've got to plant some trees ever so many feet. you got to plant some trees. By the way, go down to the fire hydrant and test the fire hydrant and see how much water flows on the fire hydrant. And two years later, in a couple of hundred thousand dollars, then you might be in business. Mm-hmm. But, or they might decide not to let you be in but business. But in the state of Arkansas, if you're just a working person and you want to go out and buy a piece of land and open a business, you know, good luck. Good luck. Yeah, and the because thing is, there's plenty. If you would buy by all the laws, you're in trouble. We're, we're, it's like we're it's like we are tenants on our own property and the government is our landlord. Well, of course. That's the way it was supposed to be, wasn't it? <laughs> well, apparently all some right, people with, think that way. With that said... Remember what Larry Kudlow says about this president, Cut 11. Again, I'm going to argue that with digital services, financial services, with protection for intellectual property, literally hundreds of billions of dollars of new direct investment are going to come into the United States in the weeks, months, and years ahead. All right, back with you. We just got a couple of minutes here, about a minute and a half in fact, to get to the news, which will give you 60 seconds of whatever the biggest story is. And then we'll give you some traffic and some weather and the important things you need while you're heading home. Some of you are going home right now, you lucky dogs, you. But uh, for you who are not, we got more traffic and more weather coming for you later on in the show. We're working our fingers to the bone We here. keep it up, man. <laughs> I'm just telling you, we keep it going. We keep all the information coming to you. Just keep that in mind. By the way... Again, uh, I can't say yet, but in February, we're going to have a special guest come into 
Little Rock to uh, talk to our listeners. And when I say who it is, everybody's going to get really excited. Did I tell you that? I hate yesterday? it when you do that. You, I haven't you tell told these you little, yet, Do I? these little tease things. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, oh, wait. Yes, I did. You did? I did tell you who it was. Yeah. Was I excited? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay yeah, well, you I, said, I will definitely be there. That's what you said to me. Oh, oh, yes. That is huge. Yes, because you said I could be like the Vanna White lady. I could That's, walk around with the microphone yeah. and let people ask their questions. Yeah, yes. Yes. This is exciting. Very he's, he's very controversial, though. But that's what he's, I'm... He's extremely controversial. Yeah. I love him for I, I like the guy, too. Yeah, I like, I like, I like him it. a lot. Oops, I, I said it was him. a guy, so now well, we know we it's, an, it's a guy. Okay. We can say it's a guy. We've knocked out about... He's world-renowned. Yes. Everybody knows... He, you, if I said the name, everybody would go, Really? <laughs> yeah, they're going to be shocked. It's it's shocking. Hopefully, when are you going to announce this? First or second week of January. He's coming, or the first second week you're going to announce. No, that he's announce coming. it. He's going to be in one of the first three Thursdays of February. Okay. All right, we'll let you know yeah. when it's going to be. But right now, here's the news. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. You got to love this stuff. Got to love this stuff. I wanted to play something for you. Where was it? I I just lost it. Leon Panetta. Uh oh. Now, you remember Leon. Leon yeah. worked during the the Clinton administration. Mm-hmm. He was head of the CIA, in mm-hmm. fact, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, boy, that gives him a lot of credibility to me. Okay, well, he, in 32 <laughs> seconds, in 32 <laughs> seconds, he sent out a very clear message to the Democrat Party. This is a cut number 22. Who's going to win and the next mean, election, 2020? You mean for, for the election? For yeah, the election? who's going to win? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'd say right now it depends a great deal on who the Democrats nominate to, to be yeah. their candidate. Uh, if they nominate somebody who can appeal to uh, the entire country, then I think the Democrats have a, have a good chance of winning in November. If they elect somebody who is ideological, uh, then I think Trump has a good chance of winning. Uh, that's Thank what you. it comes down to. There you go. So that means... Anybody who's running, as far as I'm concerned, on the uh, Democratic ticket, because they're all ideologues. They've already mm-hmm. crucified all of the somewhat reasonable people that, you know, I don't know so if you can call a Democrat is, is, reasonable, but they had some that, that had some sane ideas, like, you can't outlaw people's in- private insurance. Well, whenever one of them said that, they crucified it. So, so here, um, just to prove your point, I got Elizabeth Warren again. Uh-oh. All right. What okay. did Elizabeth Warren say about Pete Buttigieg's health care plan? Cut 13. Well, his plan is not offering full health care coverage to anyone. His plan is still about high deductibles, about fees, about co-pays, and about uncovered expenses. What I'm offering is full health care coverage and middle-class families don't have to pay a single dime to make this happen. What I'm offering is free off the money tree behind the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Free. No so what is the deadline to, to file? What is the deadline to file for president? For the Democrat? I think, to pro- get- probably, I think it's done. Is it? I think well, they're past you've that. You've got yeah. to be on so many ballots in so many states, and I think so a lot of states it's too late to sign up. Like you'd too to late. Look and, you'd have to look and see how many states you could Because I still, I still wonder if we've seen all the candidates yet. Now, somebody yeah. could probably jump in. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody. Somebody keep, like Michelle everybody, Obama. Well, everybody keeps hoping. 
They need Hillary. a savior. They need a savior. <laughs> I would love for Hillary to get back in. That yeah, would be they're hilarious. saying they want Hillary Because this go. time she's going to get arrested while she's running. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> she managed to, to escape that last time. That would be funny. I predicted that I thought that uh, Michelle Obama would run. I did, too. However, I thought what she would do would be run for the Senate in, in, in Illinois when and then two years into her term, which would be right now, mm-hmm. two years into her term, turn around and declare for the presidency just like her husband did. But she hasn't done that, and she keeps saying that she doesn't want to run, and I'm thinking maybe she doesn't want to run. Maybe so. That she doesn't want to get involved. Because I think she would have done it by now. Bloomberg is an idiot. He, I mean, look, he's put, he's put all his money into Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nobody, there's not a single Democrat that they have who is going to be able to stand on the debate stage with President Trump and not become the laughingstock of America. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you, there's not anyone. It's going to be interesting. I just got to say, I'm, I, I, I feel very, very confident in not only saying that the president will win re-election, but this will be a repeat of Reagan Mondale. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google Reagan Mondale. I predict we'll actually see maybe one or two more states transform from blue to red. You know, we had that transformation last election. We had several states. Was it Michigan and Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. Went from blue states to red states. I think you're going to see maybe one or two more in addition to that this time. Because if you look at the hashtag walk away movement and how many Democrats are walking away from the Democrat Party because of everything. Uh, You've got Democrats that are just, they're just, they've come up with these ideologies. They're just stupid. What is I mean, going to happen? Well, they didn't come up with it. These are things, they're, they're, what the ideology that they're following, uh, falling kind of, kind of for is, is what's already been there for years and decades and decades. Well, that was a losing. Socialism is well, there's, there's a, a colossal Social, failure so, around the world. The redistribution of wealth thing has been there for a long time. Right, it's but not a new of, idea. But some of the newer stuff, like the gender fluidity stuff, the 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 sex change stuff. That's bizarre. That's nothing but an attack on the family because when you have solid family units in America, it's good for America. So that's an attack on the Christian values of people. It's an attack on the family unit. You can't do socialism as well when people have good, strong families. And Mm -hmm. and, and so public school is great for getting rid of the family structure and wherever else. But but I think that that hasn't bothered people as much, I think, as probably some of this, this weird sexual stuff, this stuff where people don't even know if they're male or female or, or some other gender or, or plural gender we some t- people now refer to themselves as they or, yeah. or, or, or all these different genders or what pronouns pronouns do you want and and dave asked us that earlier so I oh said, yeah i haven't asked you that what are you what, what are your what pronouns? Is your pronoun? i'm just yeah, i'm she she you're right. she she okay. always so, have been always will and be so, okay. dave, so dave asked me and i said you can just call me your majesty that's absurd so of disgustingly and so egos the, that's the thing is if people if people really think that they can just choose whatever sex or gender or whatever it is they want to call it that, that's dumb I, I think some of the democrats maybe a lot of the democrats are just recognizing the democrat party has become insane you know at my place we have two bathrooms it's one is boys one is girls it says cowboys and cowgirls at my at my shooting range and when somebody says which i said 
We don't don't play those games here. Whatever you were born with biologically is the restroom you better go in or we're going to toss you to the curb here. When you start after providing a sign to help them make a decision, then you're in trouble. (laughs) Right. But but, but seriously, though, I think this is maybe waking up some Democrats and helping them recognize that. Man, the leadership in the Democrat Party needs needs jackets with the buckles on the back. What scares me, guys, is the pendulum swings both ways at different times. Right now, the pen, pendulum, because the Democrats, I think, are being so stupid, Nancy Pelosi's trying to help Donald Trump get elected, I think... <laughs> I think she's, she's on doing his. A job. I think she's doing a better job than anybody uh, he could hire on his campaign manager. You yes, know. but you know, someday uh, the pendulum may swing back the other direction. And what if somebody gets elected that says, "My plan is health care for everyone at no charge to anyone." I mean, what's going to happen when somebody can somebody actually believe that you can have something? That doesn't cost anybody anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, is someone like that going to get elected? Sure. It still costs somebody. Somebody's when I had this discussion with a millennial, what I was told by the millennial is, well, we can just print out money. Oh, yeah. You can just print it. Everybody everybody has money so that nobody has to struggle and suffer if they can't get a job. So we just we'll just print out more money and give it to and how do you how do you counter that? Well that's what, almost what, what's being done now. What, 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 it's almost what's being done now. What gives and, money and, its value? Yeah, what gives money its value? What, what, well the thing is that what we're doing with money right now is almost that insane. It's not it's not quite that insane, but it's almost that insane. It used Our to be a certificate that said it was backed up by something. Well, yeah, it used to used to be you, you'd have a paper dollar, and it was basically just a promissory note that if you want to go and cash this in for real metal, mm-hmm. as in silver or gold, then you could do it anytime you wanted to, essentially or whatever. And but today, it's an IOU nothing. I owe you Which is why I want to give a shout out to Reagan Goodman. I, all the, anytime we have a millennial, Hannah Webb, millennials who are Republicans, that is so exciting to me when we have all these young people coming into our party. And we're seeing more and more of that, right? Yes, because definitely. we were we were supposed to be the party of old silver haired, you know, gray haired old people. Brand and right. that's that is if changing. I was, if I had silver hair, I'd fit if you that had category. any hair. We, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but, but that's no longer true. I mean, our party is really growing in diversity. And I love that. And right. I love all these young people. So I, I predicted another Reagan Mondale mm-hmm. race. OK, let me. Give you some information about that. Walter so, Mondale. So this was against, you know, Walter Mondale and Geraldine Ferraro. She was the first woman nominated <gasps> for vice her. president. Okay. She just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. So you know, she, she just, she died a few years ago. She's okay. great, great. She was, she stayed a Democrat, but because she stayed where she was as a Democrat, she sounded like a conservative. Mm-hmm. All right. With the way the Democrats have gone. Understand how big this was. Reagan won 525 electoral votes to 13. Mm-hmm. It was 49 states to one plus the District of Columbia. So that's your prediction. What's the one state? I don't, think, that, I don't think that Quite he'll that match bad. that, but I'm just saying it's going to be close. Reagan Mondale isk mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> kind what of state election. Did Walter Mondale carry Minnesota, his Minnesota. home state. Minnesota, That's what he's huh? sent, he's uh, Did he there. carry Pennsylvania and uh, Michigan and all Reagan? those? Reagan? Yeah. Yes, he carried Car- every other every, state. Every, yeah. okay. wow. I've got news every for Democrats. Other state. Hillary did not carry Arkansas <laughs> because she's not from Arkansas. 
And because we're, we're Arkansans know who that. they really are, too. Exactly. We, we, had, we yeah. had more than our share well, of we, the Clintons. We found a way to get rid of them, huh? I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. But every time I go through Hope, I just hate it when I see that sign, you Uh-oh. know, bragging. And when I have to go to the airport and fly out, I'm just like, wow, I just wish I could use the, you know, the other thing airport that I, with a different name. I find <laughs> interesting is how many people say that when Reagan beat Carter, it was a close race. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they get their history, but the electoral vote count was... 489 to 49. That's not very close. That's not even. Mm. Maybe they were, were they counting the 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 popular vote or something? I, I have no idea. All I can tell isn't, you. Isn't relevant really. It was but, huge, a huge wow. defeat. I can, let me see if I got it here. Hold on, I'm trying to find it here. Electoral votes, Reagan 489, Carter 49. Uh, popular vote. Republicans by 9.7% margin. That is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, and that's an incumbent president that was beaten. They didn't Carter. have to count the chaffs or anything. No, no, no the yeah. or they don't have to, was. They hadn't to do any to see of which that. way, which direction the holes were punched. Or. <laughs> yeah, the hanging chads. I'll never forget that. Hanging chads. I'll hold them up to the light and see which. Yeah, it looks like a Democrat. Reagan (laughs) had the largest popular vote in 1984 until what year? Anybody know? Who who beat him in the popular vote? Somebody beat him in the popular vote? Mm -hmm. Not not him, but, you know, at running for president. Got more popular votes than Reagan? Reagan did, yeah. I'd have to say Clinton. Nope. No, not Bill Clinton. Clinton never got over 50%, believe it or not. Oh, you're talking about percentages? No, I'm talking about votes. Actual numbers. Yeah, popular votes. Popular votes. Mm. Bush the Younger. Really? Are you really? serious? Really? Yes. W? Yeah. I wow. did not know that. Yeah, 2000. Hmm. Unbelievable, okay, I, learned, huh? I learned something new today. I love yeah. this stuff. I mean, I'm, um, I'm just a real wonk for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I really You're just a real wonk, period. I hate to say that, but I wasn't that excited. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, I think he's a one world order. I think the Bushes. Yeah, lead, well, lead I'm not saying that I liked him as right a president. Now. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that he got he got all the, he got that many well, votes. Well, People I'm, were I'm, ready. They I'm, were ready for somebody besides Clinton. Well, and well, I think America I was ready for that. somebody besides a standard Republican and a standard Democrat. I think America was ready for an outsider like Donald Trump. He he's the right man for this time and this place in our country. I, I don't know. I can't even conceive of what would have happened to America had Hillary Clinton won that election. I I don't know what I would do. I it Honestly, would, it would be bad. It would have been interesting. It, it, I, no, it would have been awful. We, the, all different. of America would be going through what Virginia is going through right now. Which is speaking of Virginia, yes. what they're going through is kind of cool. They've got a bunch of county governments apparently. I know, up. stepping up to the plate, and, creating sanctuary, sanctuary re- cities, gun sanctuaries, Second is, Amendment sanctuaries. Yeah. That is cool. We need it to is. I don't know exactly that. the extent of what they're doing there, but that sounds pretty neat. We need to start that in Arkansas. Yeah, you know, there are mm-hmm. there are seventy seven counties out of ninety three now. Wow. Mm-hmm. In Virginia, yeah, their their new governor sort of backed off. Now he had talked about bringing in the national guard to to enforce the state national guard, the state guard to to enforce his yeah, new gun control off of that plans. Real quick. Yes, he did. But oh. but I was surprised. Did you notice the uh, the uh, the leader of the national guard in that state? Uh, he he did not say that he wouldn't enforce unconstitutional laws, and he wouldn't say that he would. He just kind of stood up there and said, you know, we're we're here and. 
We're just going to sit back and let this legislation kind of see what happens with My it. My dad his would attitude. call that a Dale Bumper's position. <laughs> yeah, why couldn't he just step up there? Why, why couldn't he just fence. step up there and say, look, we took an oath. We're not going to enforce, as a military unit, we are not going to enforce any unconstitutional laws. And it would period. be even more awesome if he would step up and say, you know what, and if we see any of your any of the state officials trying to we're enforce. We're going to arrest them. We're, we're going to arrest them. Charge them that with treason. That would be awesome. He yes. likes his job. Mm-hmm. And that's, he likes but, his job. But let me let me make a, a quick point about this. About all those sanctuary cities we're mm-hmm. talking about, they're not laws. All right, well, right exactly. they just passed. Right. It's a resolution. Yeah, resolution. Yeah. So it doesn't really do anything except say make a statement. Yes, it right. makes a that's statement. That's all it does. So but it, the sheriff of those counties does have more authority in that county than the president of the United States. And he, and he should be standing up and saying, "Look." State officials stay out, or we will. That's arrest. why I'm telling you, folks. That, that your is, sheriff race, your county sheriff race, is is critical. It's one of the most it, it, important races in your state that you will ever vote on. That's why you've got to carefully vet your county sheriff who's running and say, where do you stand on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights? Not just on the Second Amendment, but on the Constitution and Bill of Rights. And that's, that that is a safety valve, if you will. So if you, if you've got a stupid state government that it passes all kind of laws that, that break your violate. The, could be the federal government someday. It could be. It is already. But the, the thing is that, that your sheriff can help protect you from that. The other thing that can help protect you from that is is to have an educated populace that knows how to use the jury system. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you'll do a little bit of history, I think a little bit of study in, in history, from what I understand, over in Europe or in England specifically and maybe even France as well, they had stupid governments, believe it or not. Um, and the people – They still do. The, they still do. But the the people figured out a way to kind of bypass some of their stupidity. So the government would arrest them and charge them and try them in court, and they had their juries, and the juries would find them innocent. And and so that is one of the ways that they would get around their stupid laws is that they had jurors that were educated enough to recognize these are bad laws. We won't enforce them. Night. Got to take a break, final break here in this segment of the Power Panel. We will be back in a moment, and I'll tell you, Mitch McConnell— I'm starting to say he's finding some gonads. I'm just telling you, he found well, some it's about gonads. Time. He looked down and he said, what are those? And now he knows. All right, we got more coming your way in just a moment. During this whole impeachment process, mm-hmm. I have been taken aback by the verbosity, the grandiose standings of Lindsey Graham mm-hmm. and Mitch McConnell. Here is McConnell today in front of the press. Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is not being bashful about his feelings towards impeachment. Openly telling reporters today that he is not impartial. Quote, I'm not an impartial juror. This is a political process. I'm not impartial about this at all. I expect we will have a large partisan outcome. I'm not impartial at all. McConnell kicked off today by publicly rejecting Democratic Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer's witness request, saying that the Senate Democratic leader would apparently like our chamber to do House Democrats' homework for them. He wants to volunteer the Senate time and energy on a fishing expedition. Schumer had previously requested that four witnesses testify at the Senate impeachment trial including former White House aide John Bolton, acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney, 
uh, and others. During an appearance on CNN Monday, the New York Democrat claimed that the witness may actually provo- uh, provide information about President Donald Trump that would lead to his uh, impeachment. I'm, I don't know what Schumer is thinking. What an idiot. Pure idiot. We, yeah, unbelievable. You know, we want all these people. But anyway, give McConnell credit. The Kentuckian is standing up and doing his job. Yeah, it's hard, president. though, when he's been so wishy-washy, deep state-ish, yeah. established well, he is. for he's so good. long. Yeah. You have to wonder, though, with these guys, some of these guys that have done the switcheroo over to suddenly they're really behind the president. You, you have to wonder if they finally just if it if it's truly the way they feel or they see the popularity writing on the wall and that a majority of America is behind the president. And well, I think this. that they really they see that and they they see this is about the Republican Party now. Mm-hmm. They, yes, it is. They have been called everything in the yes. book, mm-hmm. and they're going to throw it right back in the Democrats' faces. Well, we'll yeah, see. It's, if it's they don't follow through with this point. investigation and do something about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and FISA legally, legally and criminally, if they don't, yes, in the FISA courts, if they don't deal with this, uh, then I'm going to be ticked. Well, Graham has already said he's he's bringing Giuliani okay, in good. to the Judiciary good. Committee. And yeah. and as you say, we there's a lot here. Ooh. I'm going to put this on my Facebook page a little later. Read with that. The, this Seriously. is amazing. The stuff they have, it's criminal. It's criminal, and it's yeah. clear, and it's evidence. Somebody it's not what somebody jail. thinks or feels. It's it's factual. And his name is Hunter. And his name is Joe. And her name is <laughs> Hillary. Yeah. Are, are we going to have a show someday and just say, okay, this show today, we're just going to talk about how we feel. <laughs> yeah this is no. about how i feel yeah, why don't you really feel day everybody asks me why i can't vote for a democrat because the pla- of their platform, I, the platform. right read i it. can't vote for read their platform I, I feel that they're wrong yeah their platform hey they are wrong they're, 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 they're worse than wrong it's evil that platform is evil yes that's exactly right. perfect that's perfect it. note to end on today. it is jan thanks for coming You're in welcome. and to all of your uh your viewers, thank you yes. for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. Thank yes, you, of course, RD. I'll see you Enjoyed guys it. next year. Next year. Next year. After the All first right. of the year. After, After Christmas. The first of the year. Christmas, we'll everyone. be back. See you. Talk to you then. <laughs>
Thank you. Look right in there. Go ahead. You want a piece, Billy? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's peppermint that bark. That's really oh, right. good. That's good. There's peppermint stick in there, too. Looking for a little piece here. Go ahead and take the chocolate. Sure. It's going to have to be the whole chunk. Yeah, take the chocolate. Like take that. the chocolate. No, 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 no. There's, hey, this is really good. Where's that? Fudge. That's fudge, oh. but I, I've That's got fudge. to stay away from that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you but diabetic too? I am diabetic. Okay, yeah, I understand. And that. that's a lot like offering a crack at it crack. Yeah, I'm just going to stay away from that. Thank you. It'd be like Hi, in, Dave. How are you? It's injecting you with pure sugar. That's exactly what would happen. All right, Bible guys, final show for this year. Wow, it is unbelievable. Wow, unbelievable. We'll be back again. They're going to be back again in January. They rightly get at least two weeks to spend time with their family for the Yay. holidays. Who you got coming in? You know, I've got all my kids. Everybody's coming. Everybody's coming in. Yep. Well, you got you got room in the end for that. <laughs> We're making room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're going to have to make room. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yep. Yeah, you know, we got the kind of the whole in law thing. So we kind of swap off. So last year we had everybody for Thanksgiving, but this year we get everybody for Christmas. Very cool. Go. So, yeah. what's the Christmas meal look like? Real big ham, right? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. Well, my wife is. Well, we have we have this we have this one child. My That's first. That's a joke. I know. Firstborn, he is allergic to all fowl. He oh, eat, really? He can eat turkey, duck, chicken. What's in it? He's allergic uh, actually, um, well, we thought it was for the longest time. We thought it was the um, he was allergic to the meat, but he went on went on an online forum and he found out that it's actually the uh, traces of blood. So he can eat. They say he could eat kosher, okay, uh, because they drain it all out. But apparently, there's trace elements in it. This this is a quick a quick little story. Uh, my my son was living on campus, and uh, he was visiting with the. He and his girlfriend were talking. He he loves the taste of it, so he threw this uh, popcorn shrimp, uh, not popcorn shrimp, popcorn chicken into his mouth. You know, from like Uh-oh. from KFC or something. And so, and it was mostly bread. So he's thinking it's just yeah. mostly yeah. bread. Yeah. So he did that, and he ate it. And then he said, "I'm going to go uh, for a run." So he started to jog around campus. He's jogging, and all of a sudden, he's he because he's jogging now that. Chicken is going through his body Moving quickly. Away, quickly yeah. Yeah. Anaphylactic shock sets in. Oh my his gosh. throat starts to close. He falls down, and he thought his eyes swelled shut, but he reached up, and he could touch his eyeball, so he went blind. So oh, my God. So he's laying there on the, on, the, on, the, on the walkway. He said he could hear people on campus walking, walking past him. And, hey, dude, you okay? Yeah. And so finally, the campus police uh, found him and drove him back to his, uh, his dorm. But when he called his mother, they were living in Scotland mm-hmm. at the time, right. he calls his mom and he says, Mom, I just want you to know I'm okay, yeah. but, but I was blind, but, but now, now I, I see. see. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so once they, they gave him, they gave him, um, he, he gave him a steroid shot and he, um, he cleared up. But uh, yeah. yeah, so. Right, those no. are the most frightening words that come out of your children's mouth. Yeah, mom, I'm okay, but. but yeah. Yeah. Whoa, stop. But, but long story short, so whenever, whenever we have a holiday celebration of any kind, my son has to have either uh, filet mignon, chateaubillon, or Nothing la- lamb. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, rack of lamb. My wife make a rack of lamb. But she's Italian, so a lot of times the uh, the pasta will come out as well. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a... Can you have prime rib? Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> go for it. So, sounds like uh, just a terrible life to have. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, I'm saying. That's so, what we have for Thanksgiving, prime rib. Oh, is it? Yeah. So yeah. She'll, she'll make a meat dish or, or lamb dish uh, for him, and then everybody else gets... Uh, Gets burned. Yeah, if they do lamb, cool. we all like lamb. So, um, at any rate, yeah, that was my story. Mutton. Why do they call it mutton? Mutton is an old sheep. So, oh, just an old sheep. Just an old sheep. Yeah, old so, sheep. Mutton is is like the, almost like past their 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 
sell by date. You it's know, the Biden's brand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I don't know that's that old. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but typically, Lamb is is the younger one, Jeff. Okay, yeah. you guys want to? We're going to talk Hanukkah today, mm-hmm. but before we talk Hanukkah, we'll answer your questions, which were sent in to us. So let me start off with a fairly easy one. All right. Can you please talk about the authority of the believer on today's show? Or as it's known in, I would think, a lot of denominations, the priesthood of the believer. Mm. It seems that so much has been given to us as believers, but so little is done by those of us who have been given so much. Jesus said to who much is given, much is required. You sure that's not Spider-Man? Thanks. Anyway, let's go ahead. All right. Well, the authority of the believer—that's a—that's a that's a, um, a great a great question. Um, the Jesus says this whenever he after he has um, been raised from the dead, he gathers his disciples together right before his ascension, and he says, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel." Uh, and then he begins. Then he says, "Well, I'm sorry." He starts off. He says, "All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore and preach the gospel." Uh, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I've commanded you and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. So he says, I've given unto you um, uh, authority. And so that authority becomes known as the authority of the believer. And we use that authority uh, in the earth to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And we do that by speaking the word of God and by using the name of Jesus. And we can see what the authority of the believer is like by looking at how Jesus dealt with the uh, the enemy. Mm-hmm. And we see he rebuked the devil, he cast the devil out, he healed the sick, he raised the dead. These are all things that the believer's authority will uh, will give us, and we use the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. I'll just quick, tell a quick testimony of one example of this, and then I'll pass it over to, uh, to Billy. Um, years ago, we were living in Scotland at the time, and we were in a prayer meeting. And in this prayer meeting, um, we started commanding or one of the ladies started um, speaking after she'd been praying in the spirit for a while she began to declare and she began began to de- uh, to command in the name of Jesus she began to command the prince of darkness to step down now my mind is doing somersaults because I'm like well uh, the prince of darkness has a legal right to be here and <laughs> Jesus right. Jesus is going to take care of that when he comes back we don't have the authority to do that but you know what the more she prayed about it and the more I was praying in the spirit I began to feel you know what there's something about this that's right. So I began to, without questioning it, I began to um, to also command uh, the Prince of Darkness to step down. And so we, we prayed for about four hours. Uh, we left the meeting, got up the next morning. I was driving back to another prayer meeting. And in the U.K., outside their um, kind of their newspaper shops, they have these little signs. They're kind of like a... They're like these standing signs, like a like a sandwich board type sign, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they put the the uh, headline of newspapers on there, and on this sandwich sign, no no joke, there was a the headline of the day. Get this, Prince of Darkness steps down. There you go. So how many know I went and I bought a paper? Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. And what it was was uh, one of Tony Blair's um, right hand men was nicknamed the Prince of Darkness. And he was. They interviewed him. He was walking down the steps uh, uh, in um, at, uh, at Downing Street. He was walking down, and the reporter asked him why he resigned, and it was quoted in the newspaper. He said, "I don't know." 
And I yeah. thought, you know what? I know why. I do. Because there's mm-hmm. a group of people in, in Scotland that were commanding in the name of Jesus, using authority in the earth, commanding him to step down, and he and he did. Believers have authority in the earth. We just have to learn how to use it again. There you go. Now, I, I would say the exact same thing. Uh, we have authority. We are given authority. Um, we are told to exercise that authority. Um, and, and now it has to be done appropriately. Sure. Um, the, the authority that we have been given is not some um, magic lamp that we can rub and get what we want. Um, it, it is to further the cause of Christ and the kingdom. But, yeah, we absolutely have authority, and you should be exercising that authority if you find yourself in a position where it needs to be exercised. So uh, it, you need to do so in faith, um, and you need to do so, I'm going to say without fear, and then I'm going to say with a little fear. How's that? You should do so without fear, um, that, that shaking and trembling in this, in, on the inside, but you do, should do that with some awe and reverence, um, the, the word fear in that um, sense. So... Uh, but it is something that is given to the, to the believer. It is one of the um, down payments, if you will, on what is to come. So learn to operate in authority now because you will absolutely be operating in authority in the kingdom. And I'll just go ahead and add to that. When, you, when you're dealing with um, the use of your authority, you can look at the story of Jesus when he was um, tempted, tested by the devil and what he did yep. to, to fight. The Bible actually tells us in the book of Galatians, um, actually says that the sword of the Spirit is the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And so you can take the word of God and use it figuratively speaking as a sword. Amen. Uh, and that's what Jesus did to the devil. The devil came to him and tempted him. And each time he tempted him, Jesus's response to him was, it, it is, written. is written. And he would speak. Notice the word. he didn't say, I say, yes, he said, it is written. It is written. And he was quoting from the old Testament, of course, yeah. the Hebrew scriptures. So when you're standing in your authority, one thing you need to, to, to do is, before you get in a battle is have your sword sharpened yeah uh which means basically you need to have bullets in your gun as it were you need to have scriptures memorized so when you get hit with a with a thought when you get hit with a an illness when one of your family members gets plagued by depression or whatever you're able to wield that sword pull it out of its sheath quickly and deal with it notice when the devil came to jesus jesus didn't say now hold on a minute i gotta go look that up I mean, he didn't go off right. and look up a verse he had it in his heart so you got to equip yourself with the sword of the spirit with the word of god and then use that to defend yourself against the th- the thoughts and the, the walls of the devil actually the armor of god says this you're supposed to have the shield of faith we're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one so we're meant to use our armor we're meant to use our sword and we're certainly meant to advance the kingdom of god in the earth what's and, the only part the only thing that's not protected by the armor of God. You're back. That's right. Should be someone You're not your to run from the there devil. That's right. We're meant to be an advancing army. Right. Mm-hmm. And and we're and that's right. And we you're, are meant to be in community. You're supposed to have somebody else to watch back for you. Yeah. The, the, in case the enemy slips around, you're meant to be in community. You're not you're never this walk was never meant to be a walk that you're performing alone. So even the apostle Paul had issues with people that were forsaking the assembling of themselves together. He right. says when you see the day approaching, when you see the end of time getting closer, he says, do not forsake assembling yourselves together. So I just just quickly just throw out a plea to you. If you're out there listening right now and you don't have a church home, you're not involved in a it. fellowship, you need to get involved in it. Yep. I mean, if you're if you're living out um, uh, in, where, in in Dave's way, go go visit uh, Dave over at New Life. If yeah, you're, come if, on. If you're in Little Rock. We got room. Come see us over at Agape. Find find a place of, of believers that know how to um, to storm the gates of heaven and to approach the throne of grace. Let me right. let me share something with you about new life. This is exciting news. We moved to 
When we left this little building that we were in, we have about 250 people crammed in this building. We had three services. Then we moved to that new location out on 89. Now, we can seat over 900 people in there. And we had two services. But we have grown so much that we've had to move to three services, three services again. In that building? Yeah. And I'm not privy to it, but I do believe that they're having discussions now about how to expand yeah. our building again, which I'm just excited about. Sure. Amen. I mean, when you're... When you're having when the when the waters are being stirred by that baptisms are being stirred the way they are at New Life, it excites me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to be well in. I, I I'm going to guess here, close to 300 baptisms this year. That's amazing. beautiful. Praise you God. Know, big things happening. Amen. It's really Amen. really exciting stuff. So, anyway, come on over. Yep. They're, the water's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so as we like. But you to, know what? Things like that happen because somebody's putting in a lot of time in prayer. And yeah, absolutely. The Lord. And we got our prayer warriors. Yeah. They meet every Monday mm-hmm. and they're on their knees and they're praying. We're, and we're, we're, we're a lot we're, of, a lot of James Camel knees. People. Yes. Yes. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're really praying about some, uh, things at, uh, at Agape for, um, something prayer big, initiatives. I'm just telling you something huge mm-hmm. is coming from a, for Agape. You could feel it. Now, maybe that's yep. maybe that's a word for me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just we'll telling you. That in the spirit. Something's coming. Amen. I'll, I'll and accept it's going that. to be big. I agree. I agree with that. I think it's going to explode. Amen. Well, you you were there whenever we had uh, Doctor Brown there. Oh, you, you it, could, it was exploding that night. You could feel it. Oh, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I, love I it. did. It was I amazing. Love it, it was when really. Gets it was amazing yeah. what occurred that night. Yeah, and it, and it's still stirred. It's still stirring. Did it? Did it? It, it, that excites me, all right? Yeah. I could see where some people might have been frightened mm-hmm. by that. Did you have anybody come talk to you and say that kind of scared me a little bit, Pastor? Nope, nobody. Good. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. Well, you know, a lot of times when, when God begins to move, um, you do find people that get that uh, that holy fear. They're afraid of— uh, Well, the supernatural. Uh, this, yeah, right. But you know what? God— doesn't sneak up on anybody when no. he shows up yeah. there's thunder and lightning i mean when god shows up things are going to uh, are going to happen and we need to be expecting that to be well, the you case. guys got thunder from the mountain let me tell amen. you amen you, you definitely got that all right we're going to take a break we come back i got three more questions then we got hanukkah if you have a question it's uh, 823-0965 823-0965 call us if you're listening call us if you're watching right here on the Dave Ellswick Show with the Bible guys. All right, let's continue. Okay, firstly, from this gentleman, he wants to know, have you heard of the Tree of Life version of the Bible? If so, would you recommend it? Uh, yeah, I have um, I've heard of the Tree of Life version, and I have recommended it uh, to people. I mean, it's like anything else. You know, it's got strong points and not so strong points. Uh, but it is a uh, it's a good translation. What it does is it tries to uh, introduce um, Hebraic thought to people. So it'll use the name Yeshua. It won't use the name Jesus. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it'll. Uh, I even have the the app on my on my iPad here. And um, is it under? Is it in Play, Play Store? I mean, can I get it? Yeah, sure. As a matter of fact, um, oh, I'm going to get that. Then. I was listening to Doctor Brown on his radio show the other day, and he was reading from it. Um, and, uh, when you become a partner with his ministry, well, I don't, I shouldn't say this, but I do know that, that whenever I became a partner with his ministry, um, they sent me a, a gift and it was the living, the tree of life version. Oh, Interesting. Wow. So, um, Interesting. so it, it, uses, it uses the word Adonai instead of Lord. It uses Yeshua instead of Jesus. So it, 
kind of tries to make you think, kind of get you thinking more Hebraically. Hebraically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, very uh, cool. So, um, I mean, it, it's, I, I haven't found anything wrong with it. Um, yeah. So uh, I would say, uh, yeah, it's good. Makes a, makes a, a nice first step. Yeah, it does. Moving to a Hebraic sort of uh, thought yeah. process. All right. Secondly, I have heard the pastor of the world's largest church, Dr. David. Oh, Youngie Cho. Thank you. Is it David Cho? Yeah. Y-U-N-G-I-C-H-O. Yeah, Youngie Cho. Cho. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has something called Prayer Mountain. How does that sound to you? Is this a good idea? I've also heard that when he prays, that he prays his way through the temple. Have you guys heard of that? And if so, what do you think about that model? Um, I've heard about it. Do you? I, I have not. No. Well, uh, the, the whole thing about Prayer Mountain, I've had some friends who've been there, and what he does is um, there's a, apparently they bought a um, piece of land that has a, I don't know if it's a mountain or just a big hill on it, and what they and what they did was they more or less um, built little um, little like little prayer huts, kind of put them in okay. the sides of the mountains. And people go in there and they just pray twenty four seven. So okay. I would say anytime you got somebody praying twenty four seven, it's going to have to be a good thing. Not whether a it's bad a, thing. Whether That's it's in right. a mountain, whether it's inside your closet, whether it's inside a church auditorium, uh, on top of a mountain in a valley, if you're praying, uh, oh, I think it's a it's a good uh, a good thing. And then about praying the temple. Yeah, I actually, what is that about? I heard I heard about this. I don't remember if I read it or I heard him say something. But what he does is he just takes the pattern of the temple. And so if you look at it, the first thing you come to is you, is you come to the brazen altar. Okay, so what he does is he co- he starts off there and he basically just lays his life before the Lord. Right, Father, I lay my life before you. I I, I give my life to you. I you know I make a sacrifice of praise. Yeah. yeah, and then he moves into the next place, and then you go inside the temple, and there's a table of showbread. And so he takes time, either taking communion or just uh, communion with the Lord. And then there's a the the, the menorah, the light, the lamp takes time with the word. The word is a lamp into our feet, so he takes time with the word. And then he moves from there into. Um, the 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 altar of incense, which is uh, his um, his his prayers praise. going up to be in some praise, and then he moves into the holy of holies. So he kind of has a I can't tell you exactly does, how it does. Did he it. write a book about this? or something? No, I don't think so. Just kind of the way he prays, and so he just kind of he says God laid out this this pattern uh, that leads to the ark of the covenant, which is according to Revelation, it's his throne. He said so. There must be something to it. Right, and he right. said, so he just has let the Lord reveal to him how to pray it through. And he said, he'll pray an hour like that just yeah. by following through the uh, the temple. All right. We'll talk more when we come back. We've got the news. We've already gotten through half of the show. You got a question? 823-0965. It's the Dave Ellswick Show with the Bible Guys. All right. We're back. We're going to continue talking again. By the way, uh, the uh, Reverend David Youngicho. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. who's South Korean, got a million members in his church. How many associate pastors? 10,000. 10,000 associate pastors. Uh, and I know that sounds a lot, but when you consider how many people there are in <laughs> South Korea, right. it's not as big as you might think. Mm. But the bottom line is is that uh, he was a felon and found Jesus, and God got a hold of him. <laughs> and the whole thing about it's praying the tabernacle, not uh, the temple, temple right. praying the right. tabernacle. If you Google it, they've got it in a PDF, and you can read the whole thing that it's he cool. has to say about it. I'm I'm going to print it out so I'll have it. See, it, it always surprises me when someone goes, 
well, yeah, he was a felon in prison and found God because I spend my time in prison. You do it all the time. Yeah, so to me, if you didn't find God in prison, that's kind of odd (laughs) in my life these days. So, yeah, makes perfect. I know lots of guys who have found uh, Jesus in prison. I mean, look what God does to this man. So, I mean, no, no matter what your condition is out there, no matter what you're going through, listen, God can take you from where you're at and, and put you, set you with the princes of his people. Amen. I, I'd like to, now that I know about this guy, now I want to meet him. Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. I want to know what kind of person he is. Is he a real, you know, type A kind of guy, or is he like a lot of people that I know that that are have gotten saved and God has used them in huge ways? Very kind of laid back, mellow, humble kind of person. Well, he's he's uh, obviously he's Korean, South Korean, so he's got that real um, kind of calm state. Yeah, I mean, I mean, saying. think about it. He is he pastors the world's largest church, and you had never heard of him. No, right. so he's right. not out on TV. He's not. You know, he's just. He does what he does. Yeah, he he's, evidently hasn't doesn't have a TV ministry. Right. I, mean, I mean, he just does what he does, and uh, but he has a very heavy heavy Korean accent. He does speak English. You could probably Google him on or put uh, YouTube and probably find some. Uh, That's some stuff he's taught. Yeah, so uh, does I haven't he seen sound him in like years. Bruce Lee? <laughs> I'm just. I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah, I don't really know. Our next topic. <laughs> 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 just saying that just uh, I, i'll be interested i'm going to read up on the guy yeah yeah he's i really want to life. see i want to read his testimony is what i want to do okay so last question is something we've wrestled with here on the air somewhat and that is dealing with uh, this gentleman says i've been getting involved in the hebrew roots teachings i've noticed quite a lot of hostility towards christmas i understand there's a lot of paganism involved in the holiday but what's your take on it should we or could we still celebrate it? I think it depends on what you mean by celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Probably so. Probably so. Um, are, are you celebrating as the birth of Christ? Then I think you've gone off the reservation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suspect, uh, particularly since we were just having a conversation here off air about it, that Scott and I probably have a slightly different view of that. Um, so I will let you go first. How's that? Okay. And I probably have a different view than both of them. Yeah. Okay, go uh, ahead. Uh, well, um, for me, I look at it, so should we celebrate? So if we're talking about celebrating the birth of the Messiah, then I would say wholeheartedly, yes, there's no problem with doing that. And I say that because uh, God did it. Um, he celebrated the birth of his son with a choir of angels singing, so there wouldn't be anything wrong with celebrating with the birth of Messiah with a choir of people singing. He made a star. He, made a, yeah, there's nothing, he put a star in the sky and orchestrated the heavens around it. There's nothing wrong with celebrating. If you're going to have something up in the, you know, hanging in your house to have a star, God put a star up there. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, it, it did uh, did the wise men uh, bring gifts and presents to the to the baby Jesus? If you want to exchange gifts after celebrating the birth of Messiah, I don't have a problem with that. Why? Because God moved on the hearts of kings to give gifts at the birth of His Son. So if if God used certain things at the at the at the celebration of the arrival of His Son, then I think those things are redeemable aspects of the celebration, but right. what about an elf or a or a, a you know a, a fat man or a mistletoe? I mean, you can, you can pull a whole bunch of these in and show some really um, you know nefarious type roots to a lot of this type of stuff. And I think if you can purge out those things and keep the good, I think that there are some some things that are good. I mean, think about the the we would say, you know, we celebrate um, quote unquote Christmas with all kinds of lights. Hanukkah is called the Festival of Lights. Yep, amen. Christmas, we celebrate on the 21st or the 25th day of December. Hanukkah happened on the 25th day of December. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of connections there. 
that we could put together. And I, I have, you know, some, some other thoughts along those lines. But I do think that if, you know, the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. So if you look at a situation and say, okay, this is done in the celebration of Jesus, let's weed out the wrong, redeem what is right. Uh, now, the whole question about where we're going to put it, you know, at Sukkot, which is probably our tabernacle, is when he would have been born. That's right. Uh, that's a, that's moving when the date is. But, um, but you know, don't you sometimes do things like this? I mean, like, for example, uh, I lived in the U.K. for 11 years. Um, the queen's birthday, her real birthday was... I forget exactly when it was, but it wasn't celebrated in the nation until six months later in the summer. Um, you might have an anniversary with your wife and you say, you know what? It's on Wednesday. Let's celebrate on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, is that a make or break thing? I don't think so. If we can purge out uh, the wrong and uh, keep the keep the right. Okay. So I, go I, ahead. Go, Billy. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm I'm. I'm pretty gentle on this sort of thing because here's the deal. Um, my personal opinion on all things when you come and ask a question like this is what is God convicting you of? If God is convicting you of it, then don't do it. Is that uh, not what Paul said? Pretty much. Uh, but it work out your own faith with fear and trembling. Um, but it, from my personal point of view, uh, our family does not celebrate Christmas. Now, does that mean we don't do any celebrating around Christmas? Of course we do celebrating around Christmas because – our extended families still all get together. Uh, there are blue lights hanging up throughout my home right now because <laughs> the, the festival lights is on its way. Um, so we still do a lot of celebrating around this time of the year, but we do not celebrate Christmas per se. And uh, I think the reason for us and and the, the, the thing that kind of weighed heavy on my heart, uh, which may be what's weighing heavy on your heart, I don't know, is that time and again, Israel went into um, captivity. They were exiled from the land. And if you go back and look at why, uh, invariably, it was because they started mixing idolatry with what they were with what they were doing. Uh, it wasn't that they completely abandoned God and they uh, completely devoted themselves to idolatry, but they began to mix. And there are a lot of there are a lot of scriptures against mixing, mixing seed, mixing cloth. It, God said, "Don't do these things." And for me, um, even as a even as a little kid, and they'll tell you just how jaded I am. Even as a little kid, I looked around and went, "Christmas is about nothing but money and getting." Mm-hmm. Um, so that has has by and large formed my attitude about Christmas from and I'm talking about as a four or five year old, I felt that way. So I look around and go, there's way too much idolatry uh, mixed in with this holiday for me to feel comfortable celebrating it. But that is a that is a personal line in the sand there that I'm not telling you, you cannot celebrate Christmas because you're a sinner. If you do what I'm saying is my conviction where I stand at this point in my walk. And I got to say this point in my walk, because if you had caught me 10 years ago, and asked me this question, we were still celebrating Christmas. But at this point in my walk, I look around and go, just not worth it to me. Um, I, I don't I don't see enough benefit out of it to take the chance that I'm um, mixing way too much idolatry into my life. Isn't this what Paul talked about, eating meat to idols? Mm. Where he said, you know, if go ahead. If it don't yeah, bother, if you, basically. If you don't know. Yeah. Um, so don't ask for conscience sake. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, but, you know. I, th- I think about things like, um, but don't do it if it's making a brother stumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. I mean, I understand what Paul was saying here. Yeah. We got a lot. See, th- th- the freedom of our belief, I think, is really, really important. Not to give up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, we we talked a lot around here about the law being a fence, and as long as you're inside that fence, you're free to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Run uh, free. There's a, there's a there's a whole <laughs> lot of freedom. I will, having come out of very conservative. Um, Pentecostal churches, I will tell you that the way I live today 
quote, living by the law, and I don't live strictly by the law because no one can, but living by the law as best we can in this day and age, I'm way freer than I was in a very strict conservative Pentecostal church Mm. where your sleeves had to be a certain length or everybody judged you or your wife's skirt had to be a certain length or everybody judged you. You sure better not get caught anywhere near a liquor store. I mean, you know, about a movie all theater. these things. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see my first movie until I was an adult. Are you uh, serious? I'm serious. I'm serious. I did not see my first movie in a movie theater until I was an adult. So well, did you watch TV? Uh, we did have a TV, but well, it was what's the difference between a be small screen and a big screen? You watch this because of what happened in movie theaters in the forties and fifties. Oh, 50s. I see. So, right, we, you were not allowed to go near that. Cause that's where the devil hung out. Oh, so, I see. Um, right, but well, you know, there, there, you know, if we look at um, you know most of our our festivals, just stay within the context of um, the um, the Jewish feast. Uh, you know, you know, there's an egg on the uh, on the seder plate. Not yeah. on mine. There's an oh. yeah. <laughs> right, and and, and I, don't, I don't have it on but, mine either. But so if what? you sit down and read most things about uh, the seder, mm-hmm. it mentions that right, egg, yeah. right? And that's and the, I, the, I redid our haggadah to get rid of it. Yeah, see, so, I don't have it in mine either because it wasn't in the original one. No. What we have here, we have we have the entrance of paganism coming yeah. into Passover. So what we what Billy and I did was we redeemed what's redeemable and we removed that which was pagan that's what i'm saying about about the celebration of uh right. of the birth of messiah if god did something it can't be wrong right no. if he had a choir singing it can't be wrong so so there's nothing wrong with redeeming what can be redeemed but just get rid of get, get rid of the egg and get rid of the you know the um the mistletoe or whatever get rid of the things that are 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 invasions into holiness and be able to and be able then to to sanctify that that uh that time and you know even even the story of Hanukkah gets convoluted. You get, you know, one set here. It's 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 more about the the the, the battle part of it, and then the whole idea with the oil. But then again, you read the story of the Maccabees. And it says nothing in there about yep. the oil uh-huh. lasting, and and it so until like, about three hundred AD or right. so. Right. So then, do we do we just throw out Hanukkah because all the stuff entered in, or do we say, you know, let's let's understand what Jesus knew about it? Say, what, did, what did Jesus do, Scott? Yeah. What did Jesus do? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, <laughs> we'll because talk I, about actually, it when we come, from we the come back. <laughs> because we got one segment left, and it's dedicated now to Hanukkah, which, by the way, falls during our week of Christmas this year. Yep. So, uh, but again, do not forget, Hanukkah is not Jewish Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back to talk about that in just a moment. Okay, Hanukkah time is starting Sunday, if I'm not Sunday. mistaken. And uh, don't forget, I'm pretty sure that it will happen. Uh, they'll have the big menorah yes. on the corner of Bowman and Chennault. Mm-hmm. And is that going to be... No, is it Chennault? I guess it's it's Chennault. Right, Chennault, yeah. And it's going to be, uh, is it Sunday night that they'll light the first yes. lantern? Looked, but yes, but I haven't actually looked up the time they're planning to do yeah, it Yeah, they do it, they do it at sundown, so whatever time the sun's going to be And I setting. promise next year we'll get the rabbi on. Oh, yeah, right. And have him. He's kind of it's busy a, right now. If yeah. you've never been to that lighting, you should absolutely. For starters, it's not it's not candles or lamps. It's it's actually big uh, oil. Um, lanterns. They almost look like lanterns, yeah. yeah. Big oil lanterns. But it is a uh, a joyous environment that uh, you really need to experience to understand. So, yeah. All right. So we got ten. We got nine minutes. So, Scott, give us the history so everybody knows what Hanukkah is. Again, right. it's not Jewish Christmas. I know. Um, Actually, Hanukkah, most people don't know this, but Hanukkah is actually in your Bible. And so um, if, you, um, if you're reading your Bible, if you have it with you, or if you're just going to write this down, but in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse number 22, it says, And then came, uh, then came Hanukkah, and it was, the, it was winter in Jerusalem, and Yeshua, or Jesus, 
was walking in the temple around Solomon's colonnade. And then they begin, then he began to interact uh, with the people about him being, they're asking about him being uh, the Messiah. So um, well, one thing we have interesting here is that Jesus is in um, Jerusalem at the celebration of, of Hanukkah, which is, is huge. Everybody, um, now most people, your Bibles will say the Feast of Dedication. The word dedication in Hebrew is Hanukkah. That's why it's okay. Hanukkah. Yeah, that's what dedication means, or Hanukkah. At any rate, um, I think everybody would expect Jesus to keep the word of God. Whatever God's word said, he's going to do. Right. But what about what happens if he goes beyond the word of God and does something the word of God doesn't tell him to what do? What about the traditions? Yes. How, how, what importance must they hold if the son of God, the word himself, goes beyond what the word says and celebrates? I mean, he doesn't just happen to pop into Jerusalem. You have to get this. He has to walk a week from Galilee right. to Jerusalem a week back, and the feast is eight days. So he takes basically three weeks of his life out to celebrate a holiday that most Christians have never even heard of right, or right. most Christians think is anathema to our to our faith. If it was important to Jesus, it should right. at least be important enough for us to know what it is, if not celebrating. And I celebrate Hanukkah. We've done this for years and years and years. I know that Billy has uh, does as, uh, as well. But then why don't you tell us about Hanukkah? Well, I, the, the one thing I always, when it comes to things like this, I'm, I'm always reminded of the statement that uh, Yeshua himself said, I don't do anything unless I've seen the Father in heaven do this. Yep. So I celebrate Hanukkah because I not, not only did Jesus do it here on earth, but the Father must be celebrating Hanukkah as well. That's right. And if the Father is going to be celebrating Hanukkah next week, I want to be involved. Hey. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, our blue lights are, are up throughout the house uh, and we're waiting to start frying foods. Uh, Hanukkah is on its way. All right. Jay is going to join us here from North Little Rock. Hi, Jay. How are you? Welcome to the Bible, guys. Hey, Di- hey Dave. There. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Sure. All I really wanted to ask was, I- I'm unable to listen to you guys' show all the time, but I'm really fascinated whenever I do listen to it because it just sounds like you bring the history of the Bible alive. Is, is there any classes that you teach or um, Amazing that you should ask. <laughs> Talk about softball. If you can listen uh, while you're driving, we're going to give you an address where you can go to and you can take classes for relatively nothing and learn everything about Hebraic roots. How does that sound to you? And as for not being able yeah, to always excellent. listen to the show, there is a podcast. Yeah, there right. is the podcast. You go, you know, to my web, go to my Facebook, the Dave Ellswick Show, or go to our website here at the station, and all of my shows are there. Okay. Great. All right. Thanks, Jay. Let's go. Okay. He yeah. wants to know. Okay. Well, two things, uh, Jay. Uh, you can go to the website of my church, um, which is aclr.org. That stands for Agape Church Little Rock ORG. And you can go to the archive section in the media tab, and you can get um, all kinds of teachings that I have done throughout the years on all the uh, uh, the feast. And, um, and I, I, as a matter of fact, any teaching I do, I'm going to come at it from a Hebraic uh, perspective anyway. So I try to contextualize every topic, whether whether it's faith or whether it's joy or whether it's whatever we're talking about into a Hebraic context. So let, me, let me just say, he's really a good teacher. Oh, well, thank you, Dave. You are. You're really a good teacher. Praise God. I appreciate that. I like that. coming over and, and, and worshiping with you guys. Praise God. We love it when you come over. So, um, but also, if you do, if you would like to take uh, some classes, uh, we do have a uh, a school that we have uh, that we started. It's called the American Institute, and so you can go to uh, AmericanInstitute.org, 
And there is, um, I think we have about 160 hours right now of teaching that is available. And you can, you can get, actually, you can go through a religious degree track or you can um, just audit the classes. Um, to audit a class is $50 and you actually get uh, 12 hours of lectures plus uh, the notes. Uh, and then you have access to rewatch the courses over and over and over again if you, um, if you want. Um, and so uh, that's available to you. And uh, we'd love to have you uh, join the journey. Very cool. And it's a good journey to get on. It Amen. will change. Amen. It will change your whole perspective. Yes, it does. Of Christianity. It does. It does. Because Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. No, right? he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he, well, didn't. You know, he didn't come to and people think that. He started oh, a new yeah. religion. Oh no. We yeah. talk <laughs> about we talk about being Christ like. Um and for many people, I would say most of the modern church world, they don't really know what Christ looked like. They mm-hmm. know what the modern interpretation of christ looks like but that is not by and large i mean he didn't he look a, like a roman he was no, he a, did not. no he was a kosher jew <laughs> um, living that's in the right. land so um he, he did not look like our modern idea of what jesus looks and the like. bible says and when the disciples saw that the messiah lift to uh, ascend to heaven they they said the 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 holy spirit said this same jesus amen is going to return right so that same the jesus that left was a a, uh, a first century guy. rabbi, and that same one is uh, is returning. He's not going to be returning here as an evangelical pastor. Do you think sure. he was wearing some of the accoutrements? That oh, the, yes. The yes, teachers absolutely. did back in that day? Oh, yeah. yeah I do. As a matter of fact, uh, when right before he ascended, the Bible says he lifted up his hands and he blessed his disciples. It's the only time in the Bible where it says Jesus lifted his hands and blessed his disciples. And, it and just, why is that? It just so happens that he had <laughs> he had obtained a priesthood. He obtained the Melchizedekian priesthood uh, from John, and then he saw Caiaphas destroy his uh, his priesthood right before his eyes when he ripped his clothes. And so, when Jesus, right as he ascended, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them, and he would have blessed them in in, uh, in the ironic blessing right. way before he left. No, uh, when you so see it, it's not a Spock thing. Yeah, those right. of you are watching here, this is what he would have done, just like this. That's where Spock got his symbol That's right. from. He was a Nimoy because he's Jewish. He's Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. And he used to watch the priest bless the people. They'd raise their hands and bless the people in the synagogue every service. And he saw that, and that's what he took into uh, to Star Trek. Yeah, it is. It is my privilege. Uh, one of my greatest privileges that I get to experience in my ministry is doing the ironic blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I perform that over the prisoners every time I'm out there. And then when we do uh, the Lord's Supper, doing the prayer over both the the bread and the wine or the juice, uh, in in most instances, uh, that is we. When we read that in the Bible, that Jesus took the bread and blessed it, or and took the cup and blessed it, we because we are so far removed for that, we we think he picked it up and mumbled some words and went on with it. But there is a very specific blessing, mm-hmm. and when I do these things, when I'm repeating these things, I know that I am directly connected. Yeah. I, I don't have to wonder whether or not Jesus did these things. I know for you a know. fact Scripture says he picked up historically that bread and yes. he blessed it. And there's only one blessing that Jews do for bread, and that he picked up the cup and he blessed it. So I know when I'm repeating these words. That I am blessing, I, I, if nothing else, I am in the will of Christ at this moment because this is exactly what he did when he took the bread. That's what he would say. Amen. Absolutely. We're just about out of time. Go right. ahead. The Feast of Hanukkah is a celebration of miracles. Nez Pol, a great miracle happened there. It's a celebration of God's miraculous intervention in the life of man to deliver us from ourselves and our situations, to shine the light into darkness and to make a difference in the world. All right, I think I can say for uh, Billy and for Scott, have a very happy Christmas and a very great New Year. 
These guys will be back with me in January. Uh, Scott may not be back on the first one. It may be the second one. He's got some things he's got to take care of. But Steve will be back. There you go. So he'll keep it all going. <laughs> I know that. Happy Hanukkah, all everybody. Right. Everybody have a great, great time. I'll see you tomorrow, 2 o'clock. French Hill's going to be on tomorrow. The folks from Axe for Rwanda are going to be back on tomorrow. Chuck, or pardon me, Duck, will not be here. Joe will be, so that'll be happening as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.